Just meditate on him. Meditate on him. Meditate on him. Meditate on him. Venima Mejola. Kotezulemite Vigeletorianja. Yedama Sazile. Compress of Vizesai. Vescompe Jelami. Spirit lead me where my trust is firm upon us Let me walk upon the waters Wherever you will call me Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander And my fate will be made stronger In the presence of my Savior Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders Let me walk upon the waters Wherever you will call me Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander Now my fate would be made stronger In the presence of my Savior Spirit lead me Spirit, lead me. Oh, 
pray yet not I that pray. I pray yet not I that pray. I pray yet not I that pray. There's a praying culture within me, yo. <laughs> but we know not what to pray for. In a my youth, in a tiny man, I have a nerdy devil. I have a lady, I have a lady, give me some feedback from your end if you can hear me let me know if you can hear me from where you are <clears throat> amen amen tonight's tonight's meeting is is not one for um tonight's meeting is not one for i would say for the masses uh it takes a few people to to have that desire to go deeper with god and as as we kept praying about tonight's encounter one of the things that was on my heart 
is that we are going to have people join us on, on YouTube or, or Zoom or those who will join us later. And I know that people will come in and go because of the time. Because to, to stay online continuously for 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 two hours, for three hours, for four hours, for five hours, and to six hours, it's not it's not something that uh, our part of the world, you know, we are dealing with uh, light issues, internet connection, all of that. But I want you to re- remember one thing: that even if you you go off, that even if you lose connection, that even if you're not able to 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 be with us the whole time. One of the things that I want you to have in mind is that keep praying wherever you are, because what we want to do is to is to spark the, the, the spirit of prayer that you will come to your point in your Christian work that you will desire to know more and have more of God. And if we're able to achieve that, if we were able to do that and spark that fire in you tonight, that is the goal of our meeting. And so if if due to internet, bad internet connection, to data issues due to uh, electricity going out in your area. If you're unable to stay with us for the whole six hours, I, I, I entreat you and I passionately entreat you. I'm, I, I am pleading with you wherever you are that don't go to sleep. That tonight, don't go to sleep. Give, if you haven't gone this far in prayer, I want you to challenge yourself that tonight you are going to go all the way. And even if you lose connection with us here online, you are going to stand up in your room and pray. You are going to stand up wherever you are. You are going to sit up wherever you are and not lie down on the bed. So if you are listening to me right now and you are lying down on the bed or where you are sitting, you know you are feeling comfortable. I want you to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation because if you feel so comfortable, you may fall asleep. Um, the, the, the flesh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh can, can put you in a situation where even though you don't want to sleep, you may end up sleeping. And so I, wa- I really want you to have these, these words in your mind that tonight is a meeting where we are going to have an encounter with God. Tonight we are going to have an encounter with God and the man of God will join us. Uh, we are going to pray into the meeting for, for the first two hours. We are going to study the word and pray into the meeting. Then the man of God will come and take over. We are going to continue praying for, for the whole four hours that we have on the clock. So like I said, I want you to do, try everything you can to stay with us from now to 4 a.m. But if you can't do that, if, if you can join us for an hour, if you can join us for two hours, for three hours, if you can go off and come back again, I don't care about, about that. But I will be wherever you are. That when you go off, don't go to sleep. That when you go off, don't go to sleep. Spend time in prayer. Spend time to join us. Even if you are not online or joining us, make sure that you are you are praying into what we are discussing. You are, you are understanding what we are saying and that you pray with us wherever you are in the name of Jesus. So tonight, we are not going to waste time. We have a lot of things to discuss and to digest as part of our, 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 our meeting tonight. The theme for our meeting, Paracetamol happens to be, to be going deeper with God, going deeper with God. And I want you to join hands. Let's, let's pray before we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this night, and we thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence. I pray that, Lord, you are going to speak to us in a different way. You are going to minister unto us. You are going to give us the strength to pray. You are going to give us the strength to understand and desire you in all or all we do. Lord, we pray that you take over our human faculties. We have no sense of our own. Therefore, take our intellect, take our brain, take our eloquence and speak through us to your people. That those joining us on YouTube, those joining us on, on Zoom, those who are going to listen to this audio later on podcast or wherever they're listening to, the, to messages, they are going to be blessed by it because you're going to speak to your people. 
We bless your name for today, and we thank you that you listen to us. And tonight, you are going to manifest yourself unto us in all things. In Jesus' name, that you prayed, Amen. Amen. I want you to. I want you to shake yourself wherever you are because we are going to go all the way. The Bible says that and Jesus spent the whole night praying, and he decided, he came back to his disciples and they were asleep, and he said to them, "Could you not wait with me for even an hour? Could you not wait with me for even an hour?" I remember the very first price that someone we had. We, we had, I, I spoke about this issue and I meant, I said something like what Jesus tried to say is that if you're a Christian, at least you should be able to pray for an hour in the night. At least you should be able to go that long in the night. So tonight we are going to go out all the way to the six hours and we've already spent almost an hour of our time, but we are going to go at least by four o'clock or four thirty. And like I said, I need to stay online with that. If along the way, Due to internet connection or any other reason, you 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 go off. Make sure you don't go off by going to sleep, but go off by joining us in prayer and continue. Even though we go off, you go off online. You can join us anytime again, but make sure you don't lose the connection in the spirit. In the name of Jesus, if you can hear me, leave a message in the chat section. Let me know you can the the, the sound in your in your at your end. It's okay for you so that we can adjust going forward to our YouTube audience. Those who are joining us on YouTube, uh, thank you for joining us. God bless you so much. We believe that you are going to be blessed even as you join us today. For those who are going to listen to this audio on podcast, like I said, we are making sure this message goes through all the platforms that anyone could have access to, to, to listen to what the Lord has to say for tonight. Our theme for, for Priyasitamor, the first edition of Priyasitamor, and maybe for those who are joining us for the first time, Prasitama is, is just a time of the word and a prayer. And I explained this to an, an audio the last time I sent out a voice note that it, it's a word combining the word prayer and the word paracetamol. And all of us know paracetamol is a painkiller that is used to, to solve a lot of pain conditions. In Ghana, if somebody complains of, um, of headache, the first pain medication you are going to, to think about is, is paracetamol. And so the Lord said to me that prayer is one thing that can take away the pain we see in the world. There's a lot going on right now with Russia invading Ukraine, with COVID just ending the pandemic. You don't need anybody to tell you you have to pray. And so paracetamol is, is a platform where you hear the word of God that brings you into understanding of how you should pray and, and, and gives you the strength, gives you the desire, the passion to pray beyond the ordinary. And so tonight, this is the first time we are going to go six hours in prayer or six hours in the word in prayer. And if, if you haven't prayed for this long before, I'm asking you to challenge yourself that you are going to stay online with us. And like I said, if you're not able to stay online with us, even if you go off, make sure you pray with us. Give yourself about two, three hours and pray before you go to bed. Don't go to sleep right after your network goes off or your electricity is off. Make sure you pray into, into what the Lord is asking us to do in the name of thank you. Uh, well and to David for, for your feedback. Thank you very much. So tonight, if you have a pen and paper, I want you to pick it up because we are going to go into the word right away. If you have a pen, a paper, and notes on your phone, I, I want you to stay with me because uh, I've come to understand something that the people of God, uh, are, like the Bible says, that because of lack of knowledge, my people perish. We, a lot of us are not able to assess the deep things of God because we lack knowledge of what it means to 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 have an inheritance in Christ, and 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 tonight 
we are praying that the Holy Ghost will help us to come to that understanding where we know that this is who we are in Christ and this is our inheritance inheritance in Christ. God bless you to root for the feedback. And, and when we come to that understanding, that is when we can assess the deep things of God. And tonight, by the time I finish with what we are teaching, you are going to identify yourself and know the level where you are in Christ. I want to know the level where you are in Christ because many, many of us, many, many of us are not even aware of our level in Christ. And, and tonight's teaching is going to help us to come to that understanding so that we will be able to identify our level and have that holy dissatisfaction that you don't want to remain where you are. You don't want to remain where you are because you, you want to go forward into, into what God has asked you to do in the name of Jesus. And so I begin to let you know the message is titled Assessing the Deep Things of God. Assessing the deep things of God. There are levels in our relationship with God. There are levels in our relationship with God. And uh, if you if you go to your science classroom, when you study atoms, you realize that the ones that are closer to the center are more charged. And the further away you go from the center, you know, we had the KLMs. I don't want to go into the, the details, but if you remember a little bit of your JHS science, you realize that the closer, the ones that were closer to the center were more charged. And so even the electrons, the number of electrons you have determines your charge. And so it's the same with Christianity. The closer you are to God, the higher you go to, you, you go up. And that is why the, the book of Revelation said that the, the Lord said to John, climb up higher and I will show you the things that are to come. There are certain things that God will only show you unless you get deeper in his word, unless you come closer. There, there, so many of us, God is waiting on us to grow in our Christian life because before he will release certain blessings onto us. Because at this stage, we are not, we are not ready to handle them. And I'll give an example. You can't give 10 million US dollars to a 10-year-old boy. Why? Because he's not at a stage where he can assess those things. And so you have to wait for him to 10, 18 years, to 10, 30 years, to 10, 40 years before you hand certain responsibilities to them. And so the thing that we need to understand is that we have to come to a place where we, we grow in our Christian work. And tonight I'm going to share with you the levels where we are, the levels we go through in our Christian life when we become believers, when we become believers. And about the time we finish, we, you are going to be able to identify yourself and identify the level where you are in Christ. And, and the moment you're able to do that, it, is, it will cause a holy dissatisfaction in you to want to climb up higher. Because at this stage, you, you don't want to remain where you are. And the book of First Peter, we are going to read First Peter chapter 2. First two. If you have your Bible, please open with me. Like I said, pick your notebooks, pick your pens, pick your, 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 your Bible on your phone. Make sure you follow what we are reading because you have to come to an understanding of what we are talking about. Because this will be the foundation of our prayer. This will be the foundation of the things that we are going to pray about in the name of Jesus. First Peter chapter 2. Verse 2, First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says that as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And, and Peter is using the word here, sincere means that it is, you have to understand that you grow in your salvation. You grow in your salvation. And there are many of us who, who have not come to the point where We've, we've grown in our salvation, even though you've, you've become believers. We've become believers, but we haven't come to the point where we, we've, we are able to assess the deep things of God. And, and that is the level where many of us start. That's why Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, like I said, write down the scriptures. This will be the foundation for our prayer before the man of God takes over. 
Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 says that as long as you are a child, you are no different from a slave. You, you, are, not, you are not privileged or you, you don't have access to the inheritance. Your father could be the king of England or, or the queen of, uh, of, of Ashanti kingdom. But if you are a child, you, you are not ready to inherit the things that the father has for you. And so there's a difference between being a child and a son. There's a difference between being a child and a son. And tonight, I want to cause a holy dissatisfaction in you. I want you to have a holy anger with the level where you are in Christ and desire more. Because many of us are, are still at the level of, of, of a believer and we haven't grown in our feet. Isaiah 9, 6 says that for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. There's a difference between being a child and being a son. And many of us, when we become children of God, after we've confessed our sins and we've received Christ and we've received him as our Lord and personal Savior, that is the end for us. And at that stage, yes, you can, you can die and you will be in heaven, but you can never make any real impact unless you grow in your faith. You have to become a son. And there's a difference between being a child of God and being a son. We're not going to go into that because I want you to get, get a concept of our prayer tonight. We read the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The spirit is in us to help us to grow, to conform to the image of the son. That is the ultimate aim of, of our salvation. That is the ultimate aim of our salvation. We did not become saved. We did not become saved to, to just be saying, like, uh, we believe in God. With God, all things are possible. Uh, we believe that by his stripes, we are healed. We confess all these things, but we don't see the manifestation thereof. Why? Because we only believe, but we are not experiencing it. Because there are levels where we have to grow in our faith. And until we do that, we can never get to the point where we experience the power of God in our lives. Unbelievers who look up on, who look at us and say, what shows that you have even believed in Christ? And so the goal, the ultimate goal of our maturity, of our salvation is to mature in the things of God. It's to mature in the things of God. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. It says that God has predestined us unto sonship. Not unto salvation, but unto sonship. I'm going to say it again. God has predestined us unto sonship, not unto salvation. When we become saved, we are saved. But the ultimate aim for God is for us to become sons of God, for, to go back to Eden, a time when he could come to the garden and commune with man and, and in the cool of the day, walk among the garden and walk among man. God wants to restore that time with us. And so if you become a Christian, that should be your goal. That should be my desire, your unconscionable desire to go deeper in the things of God, to understand God, to get closer to God, and not just to be a believer who keep professing and talking about what you believe, but you don't see the manifestation of what you believe. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If I dare, let me hear from you. I, I, I'm, I'm, we are doing this together. We are going to pray very soon. We have very, uh, four topics. For prayer topics, like I said the last time, I'm going to go and speak in a language for about 20 minutes each. And in an hour and uh, about 10 or 20 minutes, we'll be done and we'll have the man of God take over. But I need you to pay attention to the scriptures I'm giving to you. Like I said, this message is going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on podcast. I need us to go back at the end of this six-hour prayer to listen, to pray along and have an understanding of what it means to go deeper with God. To go deeper with God. Because so many Christians are still in the shallow areas. We are, we, are, we are doing what we did when we first became saved. We, are, we, we haven't grown. If you look at ourselves over the years, if, you ask, if I ask any of you uh, to, to speak to me of, of the things you've learned over the last year as a Christian, you, some of you will find it very difficult. And for those joining us on YouTube, for those who are going to listen on podcast, this is a challenge for us. And like I said, this meeting was to challenge me myself 
to have that desire to be dissatisfied with my level in Christ. To look at myself in the mirror and say, I don't want to be here forever. I want to get to a place where I become a friend of God. And I'm going to go through this quickly. At the stages where we go through, the processes we go through, when we, when we first become Christians. In the name of Jesus. Amen. What, what I'm sharing with you is, is, a, is, is something that we, we can teach for, for about a month. But tonight, we are going to pray. And I, wa- I want us to pray ourselves for us for us tonight. And so we may be rushing through some of the things. Because when God calls us, he calls us unto sanctification. And then he calls us unto renewing the transformation, confirmation before glorifying us. And, and, and we have to conform to the image of the Son. So every Christian, that is the ultimate goal of Christianity. And if it was about salvation and, and we go back to going to church and paying our tithes and singing and dancing and going to church on Sundays and all of that, then, then it's okay. Then we are done. There's no more good for us to go through. But that is not the end for God. God is bringing us to the place of confirmation and glorification. Right under chapters, Romans chapter 6, verse 19, and verse chapter 8, verse 29 to 30. And, and these, these are the references where we, we, we are looking at. But let me go straight into what I have to share with you, the levels of intimacy with God. The levels of intimacy with God. The first stage is, is the believer stage. The first one is a believer. When you first accept Christ, when you, when, when you believe in Christ and when you confess that Jesus Christ died and, and he, on the third day he resurrected and he ascended into heaven like we see, you become a believer. In that stage, you are saved. You've been translated from the kingdom of darkness. God has brought you out of your sin and, and, and solved the problem of sin once and for all, bringing you into his kingdom. You're a believer. And that is where many, many Christians are. Aside from the beginning that at this stage, you can, you can even die and you will be in heaven because you believe in Christ. You are, you, you are saved. But then you can never make any real impact if you continue to stay at this stage. And that is what Paul meant, uh, Peter meant by saying in First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, that desire the sincere work of God so that you may grow in your salvation, so that you may grow. So it is not enough to be a believer. It is not enough to say, I, I believe that with God, all things are possible. I believe that by his stripes, I am healed. But you know in your body that things are happening to you that is not responding to these things that you believe. You said, with God, all things are possible, but there are things that are um, impossible to you. Why? Because you are not experiencing the things that you believe. And that is a stage where many of us find ourselves. And we pray that tonight, the Holy Spirit will help us to have a holy dissatisfaction, like I said, for us to not be content to being just a believer. To staying at that level where we only talk about the things that we believe, but we've never experienced it. The Bible has a lot of promises. God has given us a lot of promises. Why are we not experiencing that? Because we believe, but we are not experiencing it. We confess that we believe. We, we proclaim that we believe. We go to church. We, we pay our tithes. We do everything that we are, we are supposed to do. But we are at that level where we are not experiencing the things of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. That is the first level of, 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 of our Christian work. Being a believer. After you are a believer, you have to go to the next step of becoming a disciple. Of becoming a disciple. Hallelujah. Amen. That is, that is, that is where the, the disciples started from. That is where they started from. When, when Jesus saw Peter on the seashore and he said to him, leave your nets, leave your, leave your boots and, and come and follow me. He believed in Christ. 
And then he joined Christ and he became a disciple. A disciple, you get to a stage where you ask questions. So if you're a Christian, you get to the stage where you ask questions. You want to know what is the meaning of a trinity? What is the meaning of, and that is when the disciples began to ask questions. Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. What is the meaning of this? Why do we fast? Why is it that we can't cast out demons and you can't? Why is it that we can do this and you can't do this? Why is it that this? Why is it that this? You see, that is that is when the Lord, the, 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 the people, the disciples started asking questions, trying to understand the kingdom and have a deeper meaning of what it means to follow Christ. And so if you're a Christian and you don't have that desire to understand the things of God, to come to the place where you begin to question doctrines, the church you go, they say that you can't do ABC and you believe that, yes, this is what you have to do, but you've never asked yourself questions. You've never come to the place where you've tried to understand why things are the way they are. Why do we have to speak in tongues? What is the meaning of speaking in tongues? So if you're a Christian, you come to the place of discipleship where you try to understand the word of God. You study to, to understand it so that you can teach others. For if you don't, if you're not discipled, you can't disciple others. That's why many of us can't, can't preach the word of God. That is why we can't, uh, uh, we can't evangelize. Because how can you evangelize to others when you yourself, you don't understand what you're supposed to preach to them. And so you don't only have to be a believer in the word of God. You need to come to the next stage where you become a disciple. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And, and, and I pray, and I pray that even as, even as you, we, we stay online tonight, like I said, your, your network may fail you, electricity may go off, but even if, you, even if it does, for those joining us on YouTube, make sure you pray with us. I don't want you to go to sleep when, when you go offline. Make sure you pray with us. You may go and join us again, but continue to stay in the spirit because the Lord is doing something in your life, and tonight you don't have to miss it in the name of Jesus. And so let's move from the place of a believer to the place of a disciple, where we, we, we come to an understanding of what the, what the word of God is. If I ask those of us joining us on YouTube, on, on, on Zoom, on podcasts, and, and, and other platforms that we are, we are streaming from, what does it mean? When we say the Trinity, what does it mean? When we say, when we say transfiguration, when we say uh, sanctification, what does it mean? When we say you are saved, when we say somebody is saved, what is the meaning of salvation? What is the meaning of, of the Holy Spirit? How do we get the Holy Spirit baptism? What is the meaning of water baptism? You get to the place as a disciple where you ask questions and you try to understand the things of God. The desire to read the Bible, to, to study it, different versions, to look at how to understand. You, you move from the place where they read the Bible to you in church and you come home and you close your Bible. But you come to a place of a discipleship. When you come home, you take your Bible, you sit down and try to understand what the pastor said. Was it right? Was it true? You compare scriptures. You try to understand. You pray for the Holy Ghost to move you in the, in the web. That is the only time you can, you can evangelize to others because you yourself come to understand the word. I remember so well when I was a teenager, the desire to read the Bible from, from cover to cover. And sometimes I will look back and, and realize how important that was. Because when, when, when you get to that stage, it is easy for you to remember the scripture. You are going to face a lot of difficulties in life. And I can tell you for sure that when you have the word of God in you, that is your sure way of overcoming every challenges you face. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So that, that is the second stage of, of our Christian work, the stage of discipleship. And like I said, if you don't learn to be a disciple, 
You can't disciple others. You can't evangelize to others. You can't preach the word to other people. And that is why you have to move from just being a believer to being a disciple. From being a disciple, we get to the stage of servanthood. You have to become a servant. You read the book of John chapter 15, verse 15 to 17. I want us to read it together. John chapter 15, verse 15 to 17. Jesus was speaking to the disciples and he said something to them, which is very profound. He said to them, henceforth, I call you not servant, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. We will end it. We will continue this very particular verse, but let's read the first part again. Henceforth, I call you not servant, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. Jesus was speaking to them, the disciples. At this stage, they have moved from being believers to disciples and servant. And he's saying that, I'm not even going to call you servant, but he said something about servants. When you're a servant, you don't know what your Lord is doing. What does that mean? It means that when you get to the place of servanthood, you sacrifice yourself for the kingdom. You, you learn to obey without asking a lot of questions. The serv- servants don't question their masters. God mm. can tell you to do something. You hear God give you an instruction. Give, give this amount of money to this person or, or, or for this project. And, and you go ahead and do it because the Lord has spoken to you and you're a servant and you obey. And if you get to a place where you find it difficult to obey the voice of God or to even hear the word of God, you've not, you have not reached the place of servanthood. Like I said, as we are speaking, you have to judge yourself and know where you are in Christ and know the level where you are in Christ and create a holy dissatisfaction in you that you want to go higher in your work with God. Servants go out and do what their master has instructed them to do without asking questions. Servanthood is all about obedience, obedience to the word of God, obedience to the word of God. And it is very important because at this stage, that is where you propagate the the agenda of God on earth. God will give you instructions. God will give you his word and you have to go out and live it. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The last stage of our work with God is a place where you become a friend of God. Where you become a friend of God. And, and, and Abraham was a friend of God. Moses was a friend of God. Let's read this particular scripture that we started reading. From John chapter 15, verse 15 to 17. It says that, henceforth, I call you not servant. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I call you friends. For all things that I have learned, I've heard of my father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. And so you've come to the place of, of friendship. He's saying that now you've even moved from being a servant. A servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but a friend does. And that's why when, when, when the angels were going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible says that when God saw Abraham and Abraham received them in his, I said, will I do something? Will I go and do this? Will I have to hide this from Abraham and go to Sodom and Gomorrah and do this? No, it's not possible. I can't hide this from my friend. What kind of a friend will I be if I'm going to do something like this and I don't talk to my friend about it? And so God had to break protocols and tell Abraham what he was going to do in Sodom and Gomorrah. And because of that, because of Abraham, Lot and his family were saved from the fire. And so you have to get to a place, the highest work of our God, of our work with God, where we become a friend of God, where nothing will happen in your community without God revealing it to you. If you are a friend of God in your family, nothing will happen in your family without you knowing about it. 
if you are in a church in your in your country in a particular geographical area continent everywhere you are in the whole world you have to get to a place where god reveals his agenda to you because you are a friend of god and that is our striving that should be our striving that should be the things that we strive for that we desire the deeper things that we desire is to get to the point where we become a friend of god move from the place of a believer move to the place of a disciple, move to the place of servanthood and become a friend of God. And that is a level where we should all desire for. And like I said, even as the, the, the speaking of the word comes, I want you to measure yourself where you are, the level where you are with Christ. For those who are believers, God works for you. I want you to write this down this thing. God works for believers. God works for believers. He works for you. That means that you do, at that stage, you are a child. You can't even feed yourself. So God does everything for you. And if you're a believer, I'll give you an example of who a believer is in Christ. These are people who, when, let's say, they have to travel to, to Cotonou, or they have to go to Nigeria, or they have to go to France. They have to come to their head pastor and say, I, I, I'm going to, on this trip, I want you to pray for me and find out whether I should go or not. Now, I'm going to say some things that may offend some of you, but uh, forgive me. I, I, I have to say them. That should tell you the level where you are in Christ. It should tell you your level in Christ. I'm not saying that it's wrong to go to your, your spiritual purpose and the prophet to give you directions. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if you're at a stage in a Christian life or a Christian walk, where if you have to do something, you have to go through a veil or somebody to consult God on your behalf to tell you what to do, it should tell you your level in Christ. Because if you're a friend of God, God speaks to you direct. He gives you, he tells you what is to come and what he's doing. And so if you are at a stage where you have to go through somebody to, to understand what God wants to do, it should tell you a level in Christ. And, and that's what Paul said to the church that look at me and learn as I look at Christ and learn. He wasn't saying that look at me, Paul, because I am Christ. No, but the things that I'm teaching you, you may not understand because you are babies in Christ. So you look at me and learn. Because I have looked at Christ and I've learned from him. But you yourself can come to a stage where you learn directly from Christ. But until you do, look at me and learn. So it is okay for you to go to your spiritual papa and, and your prophet to say, uh, show me what, what, what God is asking me to, of me. God has asked you to start a business. So you go and say, please pray. Let me know whether this is the will of God for me to start. You are wasting time. You see, but, but it should tell you your level in Christ. Because if you get to a point where you hear from God, you, you don't have to wait for somebody to pray for you before you travel. You understand, you believe that God says that he will carry you on his wings. He, he has made a covenant with you that he's, you, you shall not dash your foot against a, a rock or a stone. And so if you believe that word and you, you experience that word in your life, you have to get to a place where you just enforce it. And I'm saying this thing, I said, it may affect some of you because these are things that we all did when we started in, in Christ, or things that some of us are still doing, it doesn't mean that it should stop. It doesn't mean that it is wrong. But what I'm saying is that it should tell you your level in Christ. It should tell you your level in Christ. So you have to desire. You don't have to stay as a believer where you need to be tossed to and fro by every doctrine. You hear this person saying this and you follow. You hear this person saying this and you follow. You haven't come to a place where you are grounded in Christ. You believe what you believe. You understand what you believe. And so every, every, anything that anybody says sways you. I, I hear some people speak these days and, and people say deep. And the things that they are preaching, I sit down and say, these were things that I heard when I was a teenager. 
how come it is so much of like is it something new to people that they hail it and and they'll be saying this is deep preaching it is because you, are, you have not desired that the sincere milk of god tonight i say i want to cause a holy dissatisfaction in you so that you will not be content with what you are in christ or where you are you desire to climb up higher to assess the deep things of god oh hallelujah hallelujah Amen. god works for the believer God works for the believer. But God works through his servants. God works through his servants. I want you to write this thing down. God works for the believer. If a believer, God works for you. But if you become a servant of God, God works through you. If you get to the stage where you are a friend of God, then God works with you. I want you to pay attention to the, 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 the propositions we are using here. God works for the believer and the disciple. He works for you. You don't have to do anything. And that is why if, if you are in a state where you are a believer, you, you only experience the, the promises of God. And God feeds you. It's like a baby. You have to be fed with everything. But if you get to the stage where you become a, a servant, God works through you. And if you get to the stage where you become a friend, God works with you. And like I said, whatever is coming out today, tonight, I want you to measure yourself and know the stage where you are. And measure yourself and, and be not be satisfied with your life and, and say to yourself that you want to experience God on another level. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I in a holy dissatisfaction. We are going to pray very soon. We are going to zoom into prayer. And our prayer is that God will plant a desire in our hearts. Like David said, as the deer pant after the brooks of, of, of the living waters, banks after the waters, so our, our soul will test after him. Now, Jesus said on the beatitude, he says that for, for those who hunger and test after righteousness, they are blessed because they shall be filled. So the, the only way you will move from where you are to the next level and go deeper with God is when you have a hunger for him. Like I said, you can, you can remain at the stage of a believer and die and be in heaven. You can remain at the stage of a, of a disciple where you only were able to preach an evangelist, but God will never work through you. God will never use you for greater ways because you have no desire to serve God. You have no desire to become a servant. And it's okay. If that is where you want to go with your Christian life, that is where you will be. But if you want to go beyond that and become a servant of God, where God gives you instructions for nations, for, for communities, for cities, for your family, for your, for your workplace, you are at the workplace, something is happening and you don't know what is happening. You are not yet at the level where God can, can, can confide in you. Your mother won't speak to you about the secret of, of her life when you are 10 years old. But if you are 25 years old, if you are 30 years old, 35 years old, or married with kids, your mother will call you and sit down with you and think about the family because now you are matured to discuss issues of maturity. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And it's very important in our Christian work with God to come to the place where we, we, we desire to grow. And to conform and get to the point where we conform to the image of the son. Like I said, you have to grow through from the stage of a believer to the stage of, of, of a disciple, becoming a servant and a friend of God. And many, many of us are at the stage of a believer where we don't experience the things of God because we are not willing to go deeper into the things of God. We are not willing to go deeper into the things of God. And tonight, tonight, my desire, my deepest desire before the man of God takes over is that I want to create a holy dissatisfaction in you. That you will look yourself and say, I'm not satisfied with my level in Christ. That I'm not satisfied with the fact that I, I am just a believer. Even though I believe all things are mine, I, I am not experiencing the things, of, the things that I believe are mine. Why is it that I say by his stripes I'm healed, but I'm having things in my body that I need gone. 
it means you haven't gotten gotten to the experiential realm where you 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 see the manifestation of the things that you believe, where you become a disciple who understands the things of God. Hallelujah. And, and, and so I want you to get angry. I want you to have a holy anger because I am angry. I, 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 there are things that I believe should happen in my life that are not happening. It is because that there are, there are, there are sacrifices that are need to, to be made, that there are studies that you have to go through. You have to give yourself to study. That's what Paul said to Timothy. Study to show yourself approved. It requires work and prayer, staying in the word of God and praying. And that is what prayer is all about, the word and praying. I was, I was talking to the man of God the last time and said, I believe we need more of the word because, because we don't understand the things of God. We don't even know how to pray. And that's what the Bible says. Many of us pray amiss because we pray amiss. We don't know that the foundation for our Christian work. And when you come to the understanding of your inheritance, that is when you can assess it. So you have to move from being children of God to becoming sons and daughters of God. And tonight, that is, that, that is the, the, the place where I want to get you. I want to move you to that place where you are, you are angry with the level where you are in Christ. That you don't want to remain where you keep talking about the things you believe, but you are not seeing the manifestation of it. And that you are going to pray yourself to, to get that desire that you want to read the Bible from cover to cover. If you have time to watch two-hour movies, if you have time to, to listen to music, if you have time to, to read uh, romance novels and read other books, you have time to study Bible commentary. You would have time to study, to, to study Hebrew translations and, and, and try to understand what about. What I'm saying is that it requires work to grow. There is no form of growth which doesn't come with effort. And so if you desire to go deeper with God, if your desire is to get, is to get deeper in the things of God, then you should be ready to make certain sacrifices. You should be ready to, to buy certain books. You should be ready to study certain scriptures. You should be ready to fast, to pray a certain number of hours. And that is why tonight's meeting was, was for six hours. Like I said, if, you, if your network fails you and you go off, or electricity goes off and you go off, I don't want you to sleep. Pray. If you have never prayed for six hours tonight, give yourself that time and pray. Because I, I, the Lord is sick and tired of, of, of having people who, who just, today one leg is, 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 is in church, the next day we are off, today we are hot, the next day we are cold. And we are getting to that time in our life, in our walk with, life, with God, where you have to make a decision. And it's time to make a decision, take a stand that either you are going all out for God, or stop this whole whole Christianity thing because you can't dilly dally. You can't just swim in and out when you like and and do what you want because you are you are going to regret it. And this is the time where you are being called to give your whole self, give yourself wholly to the things of God. And that is the only way you can assess the deep things of God. The holy, the, the the holy, surrender your whole self unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah! Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you so much. So tonight we are going to pray. We are going to pray. We are going to pray. We are going to pray up to 12 midnight and the man of God will take over. We are going to pray up to 12 midnight and the man of God will take over. Because, like I said, my assignment that I want to cause a holy dissatisfaction, a holy anger in you that you look at yourself in the mirror, you look at yourself in the mirror and say to yourself, I don't want to remain like this. I don't want to, to I don't want my Christian work to be just at a level of a believer where I only believe, I believe, I believe, but I am not seeing a manifestation of the things I believe. I don't want to remain a believer, but I want to go to the level of a disciple where I begin to understand the things of God, where I come to the place where, where I know what God is doing.
and I can preach to others. I can teach others what the, the word of God says. That is a level where you have to get to. And after you get to the place of, of a disciple, you have to get to the place of servanthood. You have to get to the place of what? Servanthood. Where God, God will give you instructions. Where God will give you instructions and, and you obey. You get to the place where oh, it's all about obedience. You obey the voice of God. God speaks to you. Do this. A year ago, in, in the month of March, I had then just graduated with, with my master's. I was sleeping in my hostel room on Cairn University campus, and the Lord said to me, for the month of April, for one hour every night, for 30 nights in the month of April, gather the people of God and, and, and pray. I didn't know why. I didn't understand what it was, but I obeyed the voice of God. And if I say I will give you testimonies of the things that have happened after the first session of Priyasitama, and that was when Priyasitama was born into action. And so you get to the place where God tells you, gives you instructions, and you obey without asking questions. Without, without, even if you don't understand, you have come to a place where you trust God enough that he knows what he's doing. And that is the level where you get. And, and you have the desire to be more than that because there's another, another level higher where you become a friend of God, where God does nothing among humanity, among community, among families, the, the continent, among the whole world, without speaking to you because you've positioned yourself to receive the mature things of God, to have communion with God, to have communication with God, to be able to discuss with God. Moses was the one who was able to convince God not to kill the Israelites because if you kill them, then people will say, oh, it's because you couldn't take care of them. And God understood Moses' perspective and God changed his mind because he was a friend of God. So God listened to his friend. But God won't come and discuss things with you because you haven't yet grown from the place of a believer to the place of a disciple, to the place of a servant, to the place of a friend. But how long have we been a Christian? Imagine if someone is 20 years old and is not growing. He is still ten, uh, three feet and, and, and not growing. You will say there's something wrong with that baby. But many of us are Christians for a long time and we, have, we are having stunted growth. Because we are not desiring the sincere milk of God. We are not wanting to sit under the feet to learn, to read, to study the Bible, to understand the things of God. And that is what I want you to get dissatisfied with tonight. That tonight you have that desire. You have that desire to, to, to have the passion to, to, to grow in your Christian work. In the name of Jesus. In the name Amen. of Begin to speak in the language of the Spirit. We are going to pray. We are praying very soon. Begin to speak in the language of the Spirit. In the name of everybody, you want me to microphone and join in the name of Jesus. Rana <laughs> 
Rapatala 
wherever you are for, for those joining us on youtube for those going to listening on 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 podcast for those who are on online on zoom i want you to to be dissatisfied with where you are in christ there is a higher realm that you have to assess because the Lord is counting on us to move in the name of Jesus. The Lord is counting on us to move in that realm and, and, and it's behoved on us. This is a time that you have to put everything aside. Every distraction, if, if where you are sitting or if where you are lying down or wherever you are, it is any distraction. I, I, I am pleading with you to position yourself to pray because tonight you are going to move in a different dimension. Oh, Rade, Matina, Wanchen. Oh, Eradi, Matna, Wonche, Namadonia, Wodo, Namayania, Wope, Eradi, Matna, Wonche, Eradi, Matna, Wonche. The Bible says that 
He will give us the desires of our hearts. And, and blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. How hungry are you? Are you hungry for God? Are you hungry to go deeper in the things yeah. of God? Do you, do you test after the things of God? Is your desire that the things of God or the things that are happening around you, uh, is your focus on, on the things in God or the things in the world? Tonight, we are going to take our first prayer and we are praying that God will give you a holy desire, a holy hunger for the things of God that you will not go a day without the desire to read the Bible. I will not go a day without the desire to pray that this as you hunger and test after food and water, there's going to be and a hunger unleashed inside of you. And Jesus you name. Today, you desire the word of God, the sincere milk of God. You desire that until you study the Bible, until you read your Bible, you shall not be comfortable. And until you pray, mm. until you speak in the language of the Spirit, um, until you pray for 15 minutes, for 30 minutes, for one hour, you shall not cease him. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus that God will be satisfaction, a holy passion, a holy hunger, hunger Thank and trust inside of your Spirit. Um, Amen. <laughs> 
God bless you. God bless you for praying for our online audience. For those joining us on, on YouTube, God bless you. Ah, Polapa, I'm seeing your comment. God bless you for joining us to pray. We are going on. We are going on. Tonight is a time of prayer. Like I said, if you haven't prayed for this long before, I want you to stretch yourself. Not, not, not for the sake of just praying for long hours, but for bringing yourself where you subject the body to, to the things of the spirit. Why you, you leave your body behind and let your spirit take over. Because you get to the point where you, you feel you are tired. And that is when the spirit of the Lord will take over. Like I said, even if you live online, even if your, your network breaks, for those on YouTube, for those listening to the podcast, for those on Zoom, even if your network leaves you, I pray that you get stable connectivity wherever you are in the name of Jesus. If you, as you enter midnight, you can use your midnight bundle. Just stay with us. I want you to stay with us throughout the, the whole four hours. You are going to go up to 4 a.m. Or, or as long as the man of God will lead us. But I want you to understand this. What we are doing tonight is going to break forth. It's going to break us forth into the next level in our Christian work with God. If you are the level of a believer, you are going to go to become to the to come to the place of discipleship. If you are the place of discipleship, you are going to come to the place of servanthood. And if you are servants, you are going to grow in it until you come to the place of friendship, where God won't do anything until He speaks to you, until you hear from God, until until God reveals the secret things, the mind His mind to you. I'm taking our next prayer. I'm going to pray this prayer for 15 minutes. Now, 12 midnight, the man of God will take over. At 12 midnight, the man of God will take over. You're going to take this prayer and pray for 15 minutes. For 12 minutes, and, 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 and then we end. You, you pray in your spirit, pray in your understanding, pray all kinds of prayers. You are praying for illumination. If you can hear me say illumination. Illumination. You are praying for understanding. You are praying for understanding. Many a times I was, I was studying the Bible. And, and we used to say that Solomon prayed for wisdom. But if you read a verse in, in, in the book of Kings, it, it says that Solomon prayed for understanding. You see, understanding is different from, from wisdom and knowledge. You could have knowledge but not have understanding. You could read a Bible but not have understanding. You could, you could pray without understanding. You could, you could study, you could sit in class, they would teach you calculus. You could hear the teacher speak, but you wouldn't understand. And so understanding is very important in, in, in maturing in the things of God. They talk about the Trinity, but do you understand? They talk about the power of God. Do you understand what we mean by the power of God? Do you understand when we say the grace of God? When we say the will of God, do you understand? You have to come to the place where you understand doctrines and, 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 and the dictates in the kingdom. And, and so I, I, we are going to get into a time of prayer. We are going to get into a time of prayer where you are, you are praying for understanding. Wherever you are, you can put your head, your hand on your head. That God give me illumination, give me understanding into the deeper things of God. That you bring me to the place where I have access to the deep things of God. That no word of God will be too complex for you to consume. That the doctrines, the dictates, the scriptures will come to you with ease. That you will assimilate it to the understanding. We're going to pray in the name of Jesus. God will give you understanding. That God will give us understanding in the name of Jesus. Shabbat 
And we have to live in here. For you are the spirit, I am your body. You're the life alive in me. I am your temple, you are the priest in me. There's no other life in me. You are the spirit, Tio is your body. There's no other life in me. I am your temple, you are the spirit. You're the life alive in me. Holy Ghost, 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 It's a marriage affair now. The marriage of now. Only man me no gangi o temen out of bena teli. Mute koma mena obena. Ubena mute te koke na me dule me wadi ene moda. Adi me bena dule mite. Eche me muveke ko mana no ekone. Ubena jodega. there's no other life in me. You are the spirit, I am your body. There's no other life in me. I am your temple, you are the spirit. I pray it not I that pray. I pray it not I that pray. There's a praying spirit within me. I pray it not I that pray. I pray it not I that pray. I pray it not I that pray. There's a praying culture within me, oh. But we do not want to pray for <laughs> Let's <laughs> go. 
I tread on a holy road my way. I tread on a holy path my way. I tread on a holy road my way. I tread on a holy road, spirit your my way, spirit your my way, spirit your my way, spirit your my way, spirit your my way. Oh, hallelujah. I want to hear from you. I want to unmute your microphone. It's 12 midnight. We are, we are about to zoom into the rim. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. Please unmute your microphone or send me a message in the chat session. Let me know you are with us and let me know you are still with us online or you are praying wherever you are. So please, hallelujah. Amen. What's on YouTube? Please continue to leave a comment in, in the, on the YouTube comment session. Let me know you are still with us. Let me know. We are still with us on YouTube. Those on YouTube, uh, you can still leave your comment. Let us know you are still with us. Yes, so I can see the number of people joining us on YouTube. God bless you so much. I pray that those who are joining us on podcast, you will be blessed in the name of Jesus. God bless you, Ruth, for your message. If, if you can hear, kindly, kindly leave a message in the chat section. I want to know you are, you are still with us in the spirit because the man of God is about to take over. So if you can hear me, if you can hear me while you are, leave a message in the chat section. We are about to zoom into the realm of, of deeper prayer. We are going to have intimacy with God. And this is the time I don't want you to, to slouch in your desk or sleep on the bed and, and fall asleep. No, I want to hear from you. If your microphone is on me, let me hear from you. Hallelujah. If, 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 if why you are, you can't. Uh, speak into the microphone, leave a message in the chat section. Let me know you can hear me and you are with us in spirit. For those joining us on YouTube, leave a message in the comment section. For those listening on podcast, God bless you. Leave a comment there for us and, and, and rate it for us. Let's, let's know you are with us. Tonight, we are, going, we are going deeper with God. Like I said from the beginning, we are tired of, 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 of dealing with God at the shallow grounds. It is time for us to go deeper with God to experience the deep things of God, to experience God when we say that we are Christians. We are tired of saying we are Christian, but unbelievers cannot see the Christ in us. 
We are tired of, of, of professing our Christianity, but we can't manifest the things of God. And so tonight we have come to the place of quintessence. We are coming to the place where you, we are going to experience what it means to go deeper with God, to experience the deep things of God in our lives, in our Christian work, in our communities, in our families. And we've prayed and our spirits are charged for what is to come. If you haven't prayed for long hours, like I said, we are going to go up to 4 a.m. or as the spirit leads the man of God. And so I want you to be with us. And like I said, if for one reason or the other, your network is quite unstable and you go, please do where to join again. Or wherever you are, if, if, if it's for, yes, we, are, we have entered midnight. So please subscribe to Midnight Bundle and stay with us to 4 a.m. And stay with us. Let's pray. Because there's a lot happening. If, if, if we don't pray, you wake up and, and things, things are far gone. And, and, and I don't want us to play. Christians are, have seen what is happening around us. Either we are joking with it or we are just watching. But this is a time we have to stand in the garb as watchmen and pray for the peace of the nations and pray for the body of Christ and pray for yourself and your family and pray to contend for the destinies of nations and for, your, and for what God has placed inside of you to be manifested. Hallelujah. Amen. That's taking much of the time. I would invite a man of God who I respect so much and i pray that tonight the holy spirit will take hold of his vocal cords and his intellect and his and his spirits and lead us into a deeper realm in the things of god man of god please the platform is yours Begin to pray in the language of the Spirit. He will join us pretty soon. Begin to pray in the language of the Spirit and charge yourself for what God has for us. Charge yourself up. Charge yourself in the name of Jesus. Pray and activate your spirit. And pray that God will give you a word tonight. That God will give you a word tonight. God will step into your situation tonight in the name of Jesus. That God will step into your situation tonight in the name of Jesus. And activate your spirit in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That God will give you a word tonight. That God will have a word for you tonight. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. That God will give you a word. That God will give you a word. Through the seven. God will give you a word. God will step into your situation. God will meet you at the point of your need. That God will bring you to the point where you experience a deeper version of him. In the name of Jesus. Man of God is ready to take over. Please. Man of God, the platform is yours. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, Amen. Can I please hear you? I just want to know you are very much here with us and you can hear me. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I don't know if 
principalities want to sit on the network, we, we will be thrown them. Amen. Amen. I believe you can hear me now. Amen. I can hear you. Um, thank you so much for being here. God bless you for making time to be with us, even as we are here to go into the Word and also to pray. Um, I'm seeing, you know, 10 participants, and um, I want to commend you for being here, because by now, it was actually a Friday, and right now we are at the of midnight. And still you are here with us after a whole week's work, stressful work and all of that. You've made time to be here with us. God bless you so much. Adwa Kisiwa, God bless you. I'm seeing David. God bless you. Listo well. God bless you. Another David Kenu. God bless you. Ruth, God bless you. And um, I'm seeing... Uh, an apostle friend of mine's wife also here. Lady Ostra, God bless you for being here. You didn't tell me you'll be here, but all of a sudden I'm seeing you here. Woman of God, God bless you so much. And um, more importantly to Dr. Rudolph, thank you once again for inviting me here to be a blessing and to serve the people of God. Amen. In word and in prayer. Amen. It is indeed an honor, sir. And I don't Amen. take it lightly. So I would once again say, God richly bless you. I believe that there are people who do exist who have more graces and better understanding, spirit filled. Yet I find myself here and I want to say it is an opportunity. Thank you, sir. Amen. Very much grateful. Um, before we go into the word, I don't know, is anybody here on this platform who knows a lady? I'm talking about a lady, or should I say a girl? Nowadays, saying girl is somewhere, a lady. Do, do any of us here on this platform know a lady? It is either maybe it is yourself or a lady who is applying to further his studies in China. Do you know anybody like that? Or if it is yourself, please let me know right now. A lady, not a guy, a lady. If you know a lady who is feathering or wants to feather her education in China, specifically China, Please, let me know. I believe you can hear me. Yes, we can hear you. Yes. Yeah, so please, I don't know how you are going to, probably in the chats or maybe you would raise your hand. Um, I don't know how you are going to do it, but please, I let me on that because there is something that must be done for such a person. Amen. Amen. Um, Before we go into the word, it is quite imperative for us to look at something very important here. In the field of teaching, 
if there is anyone on this platform who is a teacher in the field of teaching, they tell us to take the students from the known Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe you can hear me. You can hear me we can hear you. There's some echo at the background. Yes. Please forgive me. I don't know why the network is misbehaving. I hope it's okay now. As we can hear you now. So in the field of teaching, when we talk about the fact that a teacher must take the relevant from the realm to the unknown. Man of God. I hope it's okay now. Yes, it's better now, yes. Uh, okay. So, I'm saying in the field of teaching, we take students from the place of the known to the unknown. So, if you are teacher on this very platform, there is something we call RPK. Relevant Previous Knowledge. RPK. Relevant Previous Knowledge. And this Relevant Previous Knowledge is something that also I'm seeing um, Pastor Justice Daniel Enin of Fountain Gate Chapel also join us. Also, for God bless you for being here. God bless you so much. JDA, thank you for being here. So as I was saying, there's something called the relevant previous knowledge. So whatever subject that you pick or whatever topic you would want to treat, you must get to know the previous knowledge that the student has about what you are about to present. And you take them from that very level to what you really want to introduce them into. Please, I believe I'm making sense here. And you that are. is what yes, we call yes. the relevant previous knowledge. Uh, so we take people from the place of the known to the unknown. So before we go into the scriptures or where God is going to lead us, I would want to ask three questions. Please bear with me. I would want to ask three questions. And please pen down your answer. Or you can write it in the chat. I think that would help. You can either pen down your answer or write it in the chat. I have three questions. Please, I believe you can all hear me. Yes, we can all hear you. We can no, hear you. The, yes, we the can. number one question. This is my number one question. This is my number one question. And you have just five seconds to write down your answer. So I'm going to be very fast. Number one question is, how many wise men visited Jesus? I mean, baby Jesus when he was born. How many wise men visited baby Jesus when he was born? Please, let's write the answers in the chat. I'm opening the chat so that I can see your answers. Please just write it there. Just write it there. How many wise men visited baby Jesus? Or type it there. 
when he was born. I'm looking at the chat section. No answer has dropped yet. Um, we have ample time, so I can wait. I've, I've seen one answer. Another answer. Please feel free and put down your answer. Please feel free and put down your answer. How many wise men visited baby Jesus when he was born? I'm seeing another answer. I'm seeing another answer. Please feel free and just write it in the chat. I'm waiting, please. I'm seeing another answer. I'm seeing another answer. I guess the rest are thinking about it. Listowell, I'm with, okay. Listowell has given answer. I'm waiting for other people. Lady Ruth, we have also given you answer. Thank you. I hope you are not asleep. <laughs> anyway, I guess the answers I have so far is okay. Number two, my second question. Whose rod turned into a snake before King Pharaoh? Whose rod, when the children of Israel were supposed to be brought out of the land of Egypt, Certain signs and wonders happened, and Hallelujah. I believe we are together. Uh, I'm seeing an answer. Thank you. I'm seeing one answer. Yes, any, any other answer dropping? Any other answer dropping? Another answer just dropped in. Please help me out. Help me out. Please help me out. Another answer. Another answer just dropped in. Lady Australia is giving me another answer. Okay, now um, let me just jump to the third one. Let me just jump to the third one, which is the very last um, question. Now, we all know the story of Noah and um, 
you know that when Noah was supposed to build an ark, he built the ark and certain animals were taken into the ark. Uh-huh. And um, I want to know specifically how many of each species was he supposed to have taken into the ark? Mm-hmm. How many of each species of animal was Noah supposed to take into the ark? Yeah, an answer has dropped on that third question. Yes, any other? I like the way the response is coming in. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, any other? Any other? Okay, another answer has dropped in. Okay, another one. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Bless my life. Bless my life with answers. Bless my life with answers. Bless my life with answers. Yes, another. Thank you so much. God bless you. Nyamin Shamu. Okay, I guess um, what I have is enough. And um, the answers I have here is to just help drive home a certain idea. Now, let's look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. In answering the questions, let's look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. And I would love if you can unmute your mic for me. If maybe your area, there isn't much noise, then you can unmute your mic. I want it to be quite interactive, please. Um, So Matthew chapter number 2, verse 1. Matthew 2, 1. Because I need you to have your Bible with you because that is very, very critical. It's very critical to what we are doing here, please. Matthew 2, verse 1, I read. It says, Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. I read again. I read again. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Now, the answers that were given, we saw, I saw three being dominant, three being dominant. And I've always asked myself, how did people arrive at that answer? And please, if you rose three, don't be, don't be bothered, okay? Don't be bothered because this is just to help us know something I am about to bring forth. So I had answers, people mentioning three. But if you read scripture, in fact, you can read the whole of the Bible. You will never see any mention of the word three. But the reason why people make mention of the word three is because they count the gifts. Because in the mentioning of the gift, we see something like gold, mare, and frankincense. 
So with gold, mare, and frankincense, if you had to just quantify it, we are just looking at three different items. But scripture doesn't specify. It says wise men. In fact, some other versions say some wise men. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so there is nothing like three wise men visiting baby Jesus. But there is something like wise men visited baby Jesus. So when we look at the number of gifts to determine the number of people who visited or what number of wise men who visited baby Jesus, we are wrong. In theology, there is something called eisegesis. Eisegesis. And there is exegesis. With exegesis, I repeat, with exegesis, you allow the scripture to speak for itself. With eisegesis, you read into the scripture. Are we together? Hallelujah. Amen. Now, please follow me carefully. With eisegesis, you read into the scripture. So, for example, with this question of how many um, wise men visited baby Jesus, we have three because from our previous knowledge of what we have been taught, in fact, from Sunday school, our teachers read into the scripture what wasn't there. And they communicated that thing to us and it has formed a part of our basic knowledge when it comes to our Christian faith. Please, are you with me? I had another group of people talking about the fact that it wasn't specified. Thank you so much for writing that it wasn't specified. God bless you. Because scripture does not specify the number of wise men who visited baby Jesus. But unfortunately, because that knowledge had moved from the church all the way into our educational system, right now, if you are to go into religious and moral education, I don't know if they do it still in school, and you ask them how many wise men visited baby Jesus, the obvious answer you are going to expect from the children three but if the child is to say that it wasn't specified according to the educational standard that child probably might suffer for the error of what was taught from scripture which ideally is not true i don't know if you get what i'm trying to communicate yes so, so right now the church or maybe sunday school teachers made a mistake would have become so foundational to the knowledge, even in a religious and moral education, that when it must be changed, the child would have to suffer because, not because the child is wrong, but because somebody was wrong and we didn't correct it. And it has now come to stay. And it's now a difficulty. And if somebody is to raise a question on that, we might think that the person is trying to be controversial. No, the person is trying to correct an error which the church has allowed even till today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we read from the scripture, there is nothing like three wise in the scripture. Please, are we all on the... Yes. Now the second question, the second question, was whose rod turned into a serpent before Pharaoh? Okay. Now, the obvious answer, the obvious answer, I know that people...
will go in for is Moses, but that is not the case. That is not the case. When you read Exodus chapter number 4, verse 3, Exodus chapter number 4, verse 3, I repeat, Exodus chapter number 4, verse 3, you realize that God was now having an encounter, or let me say Moses was having an encounter with God in the wilderness. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, please, please follow me, okay? Please, the network is misbehaving, but I'm begging of you. Please just follow me. Yes, sir. Exodus chapter number 4, verse 3, you realize that Moses was having an encounter in the wilderness with God. And in the encounter, one of the signs that God had to show Moses was the fact that he had to put down his rod and the rod turned into a snake. That is Exodus 4.3 in the wilderness. But when you look at Exodus chapter number 7 verse 10, Exodus chapter number 7 verse 10, that is the scene where Aaron and Moses were standing before the king of Egypt, who is Pharaoh. And at that point, it was Aaron who placed his rod down, which turned into a snake, not to Moses. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm-hmm. So we must note the difference. We must note the difference. The turning of the um, um, stick, sorry, into a serpent in the wilderness was the stick of Moses. But it was that of Aaron that turned into a serpent in the very sight of King Pharaoh. Please, I hope you are getting the difference now. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay, so so far, I know that even if you didn't write the answer, maybe you had the answer in your mind. And so far, you are marking yourself. Am I correct? All right. Yeah. yeah. Now, the third and final question. The third and final question was about the fact that how many animals each of um, a species were supposed to be taken into Noah's Ark. And um, the answer that was running through was two. Two each, a male and a female. Two each, a male and a female. But if you look at Genesis chapter number seven, if you look at Genesis chapter number seven, you would realize when you read the whole chapter of Genesis chapter number 7, you would realize that actually God spoke to Noah, okay, to pick of each clean beast. Please follow me carefully here. To pick of each clean beast, seven animals, a male and eight female. I don't know if you are following. Following. That is for the clean beast. Please follow Mm. me carefully here. That is for the clean beast. God asked Noah to pick seven animals, a male and its female. But for the unclean beast, he asked Noah to pick them by twos, a male and its female. Please, are you getting it now? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, the normal ideology in the mind of a Christian is that God asked Noah to pick of each species of animal two. 
which is a male and female. And scripture does not say that. But because we are not studious enough, and um, let me use this word, let me confidently use this word, because we are not noble enough, because Paul the Apostle said that the Berean church, they were more noble because after they heard him preach, they went to find out whether what Paul the Apostle preached was the truth. Okay, based on that, I can equally say that if you hear the word of God and you do not go and find out the truth of what you have heard, according to the words of Paul the Apostle, you are not being noble. So if we are getting these um, simple questions wrong, okay, and please, you are not the only one. I've asked this question to lawyers. I'm talking about, no, I'm not talking about the law student. I'm talking about lawyers. And you see, the way lawyers are quite, um, should I say, fixed on details, they look out for details because in winning a case, you must pick out for um, details and based on details, you must present your case in order to win your argument. And I'm talking about asking lawyers these questions and they got them wrong. And I remember one of them was very much surprised. I looked at him and I said, please, this one is not law book. This is Bible. There's a difference between Bible and law book. And the person was amazed. I said, you shouldn't be amazed because you are not paying attention to detail. You have not come to the place of realizing that there is more to what I am reading. So you take things at face value. And that is the life of many believers. And that is the life of many believers. So just ask yourself, if we are getting these questions wrong, then what are the other things too that are quite complex in the faith which we have believed, which probably might not be the reality which God is calling us to? I, I, I came to just admonish brothers and sisters that it is about time we decided that we are going in for all of God. It is about time we decided that we are ready to learn God. I repeat that one. It is about time we decided that we are ready to learn God, everything about God. We must know who God is. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And the, the knowledge of God is what he has given to us in snippets called the scripture. So when you're able to put together all that God is trying to present to us, okay, Peter called it the counsel of God. The entire counsel of God. The whole counsel of God. And that is where we should be able to press into. That is what we should be able to make sure that we lay our hands on. Hallelujah. Amen. So, on that basis, right now in your mind, I'm just trying to <laughs> create an idea into this very head of yours. For you to begin to question yourself, what are the things I've heard would probably aren't the truth yet i have believed in them for so many years and i tell you that could be the reason 
for which you are not seeing the manifestations of God you are supposed to manifest. Because Paul the Apostle said in Acts chapter number 20 verse 32, he says, I call which is able to build Hallelujah. Amen. I believe you can hear me now. Yeah. Which means you can be sanctified yet without an inheritance. Uh. I repeat that one. That scripture is a very deep scripture. He commends you to God the word of his grace he says, it builds you up. And it gives you an inheritance among the sanctified. Which means, if you are not giving to the word of his grace, you have no building mechanism. And if you are not giving to that word of his grace also, there is no minister of God's inheritance. Because it is the word of God's grace which ministers his inheritance to the sanctified. So you can live the whole of your life as a sanctified man in Christ Jesus. Yet without any inheritance, you prove your place of sanctification in him. It is all because we have not decided to go deep with God. And you see, in going deep with God, it takes sacrifice. In going deep with God, it takes, you see, for the billions to listen to Paul the Apostle, and for them to go and find out, the question is, how were they doing it? Because in their day, in their day, there was nothing like the New Testament, where they were going to make references from. In that day, the only thing they had was the Old Testament, which was what? The scriptures, better still, the Torah, which was in the synagogue. So how were they going to find out what Paul the Apostle was teaching as to whether it was true or false? Meaning that in the day, it was more difficult to authenticate the truth than in our day. In our day, the Old Testament and the New Testament, which is a revelation of the old, has all been canonized. And we have a book called the Bible, which is presented to us that when we sit down, when we delve deep into it with the Holy Spirit, we'll be able to come to a comprehensive grasp of who God is and the ways of God and his pathways which he has settled in the hearts of man. If we have these and we cannot do it, then if you were to be in the day of the billions, we would have been very miserable. Are we together? Yeah, together. Please, I hope you are not angry with me. No. Oh, yeah, it is it is the word of God. And sometimes it might not be nice, but you must hear it. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. In a day, we are in a day where some men of God present the word of God to make people feel fine. Instead of presenting the word of God to the people for them to identify their role in their in the kingdom, their rights in the kingdom and how they are supposed to function. So I came to present to you that there is a way you are supposed to function, but in trying to function that way, you must be equipped and it takes sacrifice. You must be willing to sacrifice. You must be able to cut your sleep. You must be able to cut off some um, um, entertaining times and sacrifice, place yourself in a certain condition which you are not used to in order to gain momentum in the spirit and begin to function as God has designed you to be. Because if we are not willing to do that, we will be a crop of believers who will be a great disappointment to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you are not willing to do that, what you are going to then be thinking about is that all you are be thinking about is heaven, 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 heaven. Uh, I want to just die and go to heaven. I want to die and go to heaven. And God is sitting down there looking at you and saying, well, look at that one. Look at the sort of thinking he has. Because for many Christians, they think being in Christ is all about going to heaven. That is, that is our mindset. Being in Christ is all about going to heaven. So let me say, it is all about heaven. It is all, please, it is not about heaven. Get your paradigms right. When you get the paradigms right, you'll be able to function the way you are supposed to function. Hallelujah. Amen. So going deeper with God. Why do we go deeper with God? Why do we go deeper with God? So our anchor scripture, as the man of God, um, Dr. Rudolph, gave us was Psalm 107. So we are now going into the word. Psalm 107, verse 23 and 24. Please try as much as possible to stay awake. God bless you. I know, I know, sir, probably you might be tired, but please try as much as possible to stay awake. I'm really surprised um, Pastor Justice is here because I know that by now that he's as tired as something, yet he's alive. Man of God, Namin Shrapa, Lady Ostra, I know, I know what you are going through, but you're also here. And I know obviously everybody on this platform, it is the same with all of us. Thank you for being here once again. Someone, 107. Psalm 107, verse 23 and 24. I read, it says, They that go down to the sea in ships. They that go down to the sea in ships. That do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Now, before I touch on this, I would want to draw our attention to something. The very first four words you see in the verse 23, the very first four words you see in the verse 23, in the Hebrew is just one word. 
I repeat, the very first four words you see in the verse 23 of what I just read, in the Hebrew is just one word, which is the word Yarat. Please, I hope you can hear me. We can hear you. The, yeah. the way the platform is quiet, is it that you are soaking the thing or you are in the spirit or you are asleep? How will I yeah, find active. out? As, yeah, active. Those of us who can't unmute, you can leave a message in the chat. Let's, let's know you are there. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, the very first four words you see in the verse 23, which is, they that go down, in the Hebrew is the word Yarat. Yarad means to descend. Yarad means to descend. So, this scripture is drawing the attention of the believer. Now, you see, you go deep. We are looking at depth by descending. You don't go deep by ascending. Hallelujah. Amen. You go high by ascending. Am I correct? Right. You go deep by descending. Okay. God is a very wise God. He Mm -hmm. says, they that descend, they that are willing to go on a descent, okay, to the sea in ships, they that are willing to go on a descent to the sea in ships, that do business. Now, the word business, please, I would entreat that if you're on this platform, try as much as possible, okay, to get the, the strong concordance, which will open you up to the original intent of God when he was speaking to the people. Because sometimes the English can be quite deceptive. Sometimes the English can be quite deceptive. The word business you are seeing there, okay, in the verse 23, the word business you are seeing there is the word melakao, which means ministry. (laughs) I repeat, it is the word melakao, which means ministry or deputyship. So this scripture is saying that they that are willing to descend into the sea who do ministry with God, okay, in great waters. Verse 24 says, they, who are the day, the people who are willing to descend into the sea, the people who are willing to do ministry with God in great waters, they are the people that verse 24 is talking about. He says, these people, they see the works of the Lord. The word works there is talking about the activities of God. The actions of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And his wonders, that is his distinguishing acts in the deep. Um, in the book of John chapter number 14, Jesus made a particular statement. He says, the things I do shall ye do, and greater than these shall ye do, because I go to the Father. Is that not it? 
That's right. Now, a lot of people I, I hear and see a lot of people quoting that scripture and they are thinking about gateways, 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 gateways. I'm about to say something. Please don't get offended. Just follow me, okay? Um, I beg you, don't get offended. Just follow me. Do you know that Jesus didn't call anybody to greater works? I know by now you are thinking, what is this guy trying to say? Okay, let's watch something in. Let's go to John 14. We'll come back to Psalm 107. John 14. Verse 12. John 14. Verse 12. And please listen to me carefully, please. I beg you, listen to me carefully. John 14, verse 12. This is Jesus speaking. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, okay, he that believeth on me, the works, please pay attention to that, the works that I do, shall he do also. Okay? And greater works but you see, the word works after the greater is in italics, which means it is not in the original manuscript of scripture. Are you together? Right. So it reads this way. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he, that person, do also, and greater than these shall he do because I go unto the Father. Greater than what? Greater than the works Christ did. Is that not it? Please talk to me. Is that not it? Yes. Than these. Good. Yes. Good. Greater than these. So that this is in reference to the works Jesus did. Am I correct? That's right. So based on that, Based on that, people say we are called to greater works. Okay. What was the name? Okay. Or what does scripture call the works of Christ? Or the works that you and I are supposed to do? Okay. I'm drawing something. So just follow me. Let's watch something in Ephesians chapter 2. It will be very clear. This is not a controversial distinct cry. It is very clear. Ephesians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Are we there? This is a popular scripture we all know. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Can I I move on? Yes, please. It says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Read with me. Unto Unto what? Works. Again, unto good works. For the last time, unto good works. So what did God create you in Christ Jesus unto? 
and to good works. Come again, unto good works. Back to my mental one, can I? Unto good works. Okay, so it means that we are called unto or created in. So it means when a man comes into Christ, the man has come to the pathway of good works. Am I correct? Correct. But Jesus said, the works I did shall you do, which means the works Jesus did were good works. Hello. Hi. Please, does that make sense? If you don't understand, let me know. I will move. I'll, I'll make sure you understand before I move. Are we together? Hmm. So I, I take that one again. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto something. So unto what? Good works. Am I correct? Correct. So when you and I came into Christ, God set us on the pathway of good works. In other words, all that God was looking out for was the dispensing of good works, was the manifestation of good works through us. But Jesus had already, in John chapter number 14, even before Paul the Apostle brought this revelation, Jesus had already, in John chapter number 14, said, The works I, Jesus, did, shall ye do. Which means, the work that Jesus did was classified as good works. No wonder, Acts chapter number 10, verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. That's also money. Doing good. So he went about doing something. What was he doing? Good. He went about working something. What was he doing? What was he working? Good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it means in the creation of God, he created all things to find the pathway of good. No wonder in the book of Genesis chapter number one. In the if now, let me give you this assignment. In Genesis chapter number one, if you read Genesis chapter number one, you realize that God will create things and it will tell you that all that God created on the third day, it was good. And he created this and that on the second day, it was good. And he created this and that on the, and it was good. And when God had created all things, he looked at it and said, it was very good. Hallelujah. So the greater works Jesus was talking about was greater works of good works. I don't know if I'm making sense. Hallelujah. Amen. Please, is it clear? Yeah. So the greater works Jesus was speaking about was greater works of good works. Or let me put it this way, greater good works. Is that clear? Hallelujah. So we should be able as believers to even identify what the good works are. Okay, and what Christ did, which would at the end of the day help us to know what the greater extent to which He is calling us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, watch this carefully. We have not even finished reading the verse 10. He says, 
these good ways which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. <laughs> it means that the good works I'm talking about was a preordained life. I repeat, the good works I'm talking about was a preordained life. Actually, that was the life Adam was supposed to have walked in, which he missed. For that reason, God brought Christ to come and show us the good works which was preordained for man to walk in. And those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we get the opportunity to walk out or to live out this preordained life via Christ Jesus, who has brought us a redemption and the spirit which was given to us as a strength to walk in this pathway of good works. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Good. Please, I hope it is clear. Yeah. So I can continue with Psalm 107. And the reason why I brought this in was because of the word works in Psalm 107. Did that go down? So it must be a decision. You must be willing to go down. Hallelujah. Amen. I said you must be willing to go down. To go down. Okay. Myself that I'm speaking to you, I'm a young man. Okay, I'm a young man. I'm God's small boy. But it gets to a point in someone's life where the person must take a decision that I am ready to go down. Hallelujah. Amen. Nobody can take that decision for you. You must take that decision that I am ready to go down. Okay. As I'm speaking to you, I remember when I was in the university, KNUST. I can confidently say for second year to final year, I was not going for lectures. The only thing I was doing is studying Bible and praying. And it was a great concern to my friends, even my roommates. They were worried. And I understood them because they, they love their brother. And all of a sudden, they, have, they are seeing their brother stop reading academic books. And the only thing he's doing is studying Bible, praying, studying Bible, praying. And I remember a friend of mine, a roommate, he looked at me and said, Osofo, this is not a Bible seminary. This is university. And I understood him perfectly. I was not angry. I understood him perfectly because he was concerned about his brother. Now, it is not a pleasant thing to be sent to the university to go and study. And at the end of the day, you choose to study the scripture and not study. And in fact, not even go for lectures. That's not a good thing that I'm telling you to do. I'm just trying to bring your attention to the fact that there is always a decent that a man must make. Did that go down? Did that go down? Are you willing to go down? Because when you are talking about going deeper with God, it is about being a man with a heart of sacrifice. You would have to sacrifice. And I tell you, you may be the mere sacrifice here average. By the grace of God, we came out with good class, but we could have done better if we had studied our books. 
and you might be on this platform. Maybe you are a student. Maybe you are a worker. You are married. You are a man of God. You are a man of God's wife. You are about to get married. Okay, you are a manager in a company. You have your own business. There are sacrifices you must make if you are willing to go deeper with God. Okay, no one gains strength in the spirit without sacrifice. Nobody gains strength in the spirit without sacrifice. You should be willing to sacrifice. You should be willing to die. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just imagine Jesus talking to Peter and telling Peter that lunch out into the deep. Now watch Peter's statement. He says, we have sailed all night and we caught nothing. In other words, Peter was saying that I am not willing. I'm not willing to take the extra step. I'm not willing to sacrifice more. However, at thy word. So Peter now had to come to the place of accepting that you let me trust in what he's saying and do it. He had to sacrifice something in order to gain a great catch. And I know, and we know from the testimonies of people who have had encounters with God and probably on this platform, maybe I'm getting the opportunity to talk to you, but you know your own experiences that there are things you decided to do in search of God and God responded. The question is, why have you decided to stop those things? Why have you decided to stop those things? Why are you, are you not pressing deeper into God? Hallelujah. You have fasted enough. You have fasted enough and you felt that there was no response to it. Continue doing it. What is your motive for doing it? You see, when we want to go deeper with God, it shouldn't be about what you get. It should be about learning God. I said it initially. Hallelujah. Now, there's some 107 that we are reading says, they that go down to the sea in ships that do business, in other words, they do ministry with God. They see whose work works. It is God's works you see. Whose wonders? It is God's wonders you see. In other words, or the works that will be unveiled to you are works concerning a person. Or the wonders that will be unveiled to you are the wonders concerning a person. And who is that person? It is God that we are talking about. So you don't go deeper in search of things. You go deeper in search of God. That is what I mean by learning God. When we are willing to go deeper with God, all that we are trying to say is that God, we are ready to learn you. A man who is willing to go deeper has only one curriculum, which is God. Hallelujah. Amen. You have only one curriculum. You have nothing else. Your curriculum is God. And if that is not your focus, then I am sorry you are on the wrong expedition. Because you will press in and press in and press in and you might not get what you are looking for. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is an interesting person. God is an interesting person. Sometimes you can press so much into God with what you are looking for. You go there and he'll be talking to you about other people. <clears throat> 
And sometimes, you, see, you can also question God. You go in there and he will begin to talk to you about other people. I remember one encounter that I had. Somebody that I have lost contact with for over 22 years. I'm talking to you about an experience I had just last year. Someone I've lost contact with for like over 22 years. All of a sudden, God was st- God started speaking to me about that person. And I'm like, 22 years, I don't know the person's whereabouts. But as long as God gives you a message, you would have to make sure that you follow through to the very end. And I had to search for the person's number by calling people. This one said the number is here, going to collect it from this, and gave me the number. And interestingly, at the time I called the guy and I spoke to him about what God said, the guy was shocked. He was like, where are you? I said, I'm in Sinyani. The guy is saying, no, are you sure nobody, someone, are you sure nobody told you about this thing you are talking about? I said, my brother, me, myself, I'm shocked. That's why me, I'm telling you. And the guy was like, everything you are seeing is just as it is. God had to take me to somebody I knew 22 years ago, whom I've never spoken to. Not because I wanted to talk about the guy. I wanted to talk about my own stuff. But in going deeper with God, God is saying that yours is not important. The important thing is that there is something going on here. And I want to use you by his message. I want to use you as a channel to communicate to this very person. That is the essence of going deep with God. We don't go deep with God for ourselves. We go deep with God for God and his mandate. Hallelujah. Man. So, so for many people, you are like, you want to go deep with God for an anointing. You want to go deep with God. The anointing, dear, it will come. But at the end of the day, you must understand that it is not the anointing that you are looking for. It is about God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I just came in here to just set our minds aright. Let's get it right. You want to go deeper with God, but before you can go deeper with God, please, it is a sacrificial thing. God is not your classmate. That mentality is like somebody telling God that I'm giving you this so that God, you give me this. God is not your business partner. And you see, for years we have been taught in church as if we are we are more or less like trading stocks with God. You buy a stock and you gain interest on it. We have turned God into the stock market. We have turned God into, um, um, how do you call it, buying and selling. I give you this, you give me that. That is how for many of us we were groomed. Okay, but if you have a kingdom perspective, if you have a kingdom perspective, you will know very well that God calls a man and he calls him for what he wants to do and not what the man wants to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. I hope I'm in the way. Yes, please. Yeah. yeah. So you should be willing to go down 
to the sea in ships, to do ministry in great waters, to do deputyship. I love that word, deputyship. In other words, you are not standing for your own. You are not standing on your own. You don't take decisions yourself. You stand in the stead of another person. You do ministry in abundant waters. It is these people who see the works of the law. <laughs> this is as simple as it is. Which means, if you don't go into the deep, you don't see the works of the Lord. I'm not the one saying it. This is scripture. I read it to you. They that go down to the sea in ships, they that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Hallelujah. So where are the works and the wonders of God kept? The storage of the works and the wonders of God is the deep. Hallelujah. So the deep, the deep is the repository of God's works and his wonders. So any man who wants to buy into the works and the wonders of God must be ready to assess the deep. He must be ready to descend into the deep and begin to offer ministry with God in great waters. He should be able to deputize with God in great waters in order to gain access into the works and the wonders of God. That is what makes men of God, certain men of God exceptional. You are like, how are they able to know this? How are they able to see that? How are they able to hear that these are men who have decided to descend with God into great waters and do business with him at that very level? For that reason, God has caught them up into the pavilion of his activity and they begin to see the workings of God. And with those workings, they become channels through which God manifests these works and wonders. I pray in the name of Jesus that as you are listening to me, it will not just be a message that is falling on dead ears or a message that will energize you for a moment that will make you feel fine but this will be a message that would be imprinted in your spirit and god speaking to you will propel you onto places and heights where he himself has destined for you that at the end of the day you will lay hold on the works of god we talk about scripture saying paul the apostles talking to his son timothy saying lay hold on eternal life i pray that you will lay hold on the the works of God. I pray that Amen. you will lay hold on the wonders of the Lord. I pray Amen. that God will call you into the pavilion of his activity that you shall have your abode in the repository of his works and wonders. Then you begin to walk in the good works wherein you were ordained to walk therein and God will strengthen your inner man by his spirit. God will pour a new fire into your spirit. There will be stirrings in your heart. The book of Ezra speaks concerning the king Cyrus he said, the Lord has stirred up my spirit that I should build for him a tabernacle and to build the cities of Jerusalem. I see people that God is calling to a place where they shall build cities that have been made waste. They shall build desolate locations.
things, places where there are no options for men to resort to. I see that God is making you like a city. You are beginning to expand and you are beginning to expand to the right and to the left, to the north and to the south, to the west and to the east. You are gaining preeminence and your insight shall be seen. I speak as a man with the word of the Lord in his mouth and I speak that you shall be of great privilege. You shall be of eminence in the nations of the world. Your voice shall carry a sound. Your voice shall carry a sound. Your voice shall carry a sound. And you shall not be of them that produce uncertain sound, but you shall produce a distinct sound. And your sound shall make impact in the nations of the world. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Do you see the works of the Lord? <laughs> yeah. This they see the works of the Lord. You see, the writer of the book of Proverbs spoke concerning these people, which David is talking about here. You see, David was just describing them as people who see the works of the Lord. Why? Because they are able to go into the deep. Let's look at how the writer of Proverbs, okay, describes such people. Let's look at something in the book of Proverbs 25, verse 2. Proverbs 25, verse 2. You can talk in tongues, just talk in tongues. Ya 
in the name of Jesus hallelujah amen you see the speaking of tongues eh? for many believers we have not understood it the spirit of God according to Jesus was given to a man so that the man can contain deep truths of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Because he told his disciples that I want to say many things, but I cannot. However, when the spirit comes, he shall lead you into all truth, which means the spirit of God brings capacity to the spirit spirit of a man. Hallelujah. And whenever you begin to speak in tongues, you open up your capacity. You open up your spirit's capacity. Hallelujah. Amen. And in opening up your spirit capacity, it is a sign of your readiness to receive more truths of God because he says, when the spirit comes, he shall lead you into all truth. In talking in tongues, we open up for a greater measure of understanding from the spirit. That's why I just ask you to speak in tongues. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 25 verse 2. I said we are going to Proverbs 25 verse 2. King Solomon is speaking here. He says, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing. I hope that's what you have in your scripture. Yes, please. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. You see, when you read it like this, you think he's making mention of something with different words, but when you go into the Hebrew, you realize that it's the same words. Let me read it to you how it is in the Hebrew, but I'm reading it in English. Are you together? This is it. It is the weight of God. Weight, as in W E I G H T. I hope you got it. Yes. It is the weight of God to conceal a word. But the weight of kings 
is to search out a word. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, I'm, I said I was reading it to you from what? The meanings of the Hebrew words. It is the weight of God to conceal a thing or to hide a thing. But it is the weight of kings to search out that thing which is hidden by God. Are you getting it? Sure. Yeah. Are we together? That's together. Please follow me here. Uh, today I don't want to preach. I want to take my time and have a discussion with you. So, what is Solomon the king saying here? Solomon is saying that God has a weight. The word glory, okay, the word glory in the Hebrew we know is the kabod. Kabod is talking about the weight of a person. And you know very well that when two people are standing in front of you, when we put them on a scale, their weight will be different. Am I correct? Correct. Bodily mass and all of that. I'm not a good scientist, and I know I'm on the program of a scientist, so I must be careful. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So, we know that when you put two people on a scale, their weight is going to be different, and it's as a result of their content, the bodily mass which they carry. Doc, am I correct on that? Very correct. Okay, now, what Solomon is saying here is that it is the weight of God to conceal a thing. In other words, what proves the weight of God is in his ability to hide something. Are we together? Together. Then he goes further to say, but also there is another group of people who are described as kings. And these kings, the weight that they carry is also determined by their ability to search out the things that God has hidden. Hallelujah. Amen. Which means, if you are listening to me, and you have no knowledge of the secrets of God, you are like a feather in the spirit. You have no weight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> so your weight is determined by your ability to search out the hidden matters of God. In other words, you try to disclose what God has hidden, which proves his weight. So you are trying to uncover the weight of God to gain weight. I don't know if I'm making sense. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, get this carefully. We said, what determines the weight of God? This is Solomon. What determines the weight of God is in his ability to hide things. Okay? Or ability to hide a word. That determines the weight of God. And he goes further to say, and the weight of a king is in his ability to search out what God has hidden. In other words, your ability to uncover the word of God or a hidden secret of God 
okay, is a way of uncovering the weight of God by which you also gain weight. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's more or less like a transfer of wheat. If I'm making sense. Sure. More or less like a transfer of wheat. Or a sharing in the wheat of God. So if you have no secrets, which is deep with God, you have no wheat. So it is time you waited for to gain weight. Tell yourself, I have to wait to gain weight. I have to, to wait, wait to gain weight. And you know the two different weights I'm using here. Hmm? I'm using the W-A-I-T. You have to wait in order to gain weight. Hallelujah. So the question is, are you truly a king? Because he said it is kings who search out what God has hidden. Ask yourself, am I a king? You see, in terms of scripture and its knowledge and where its course has to be, you are a king. In the book of Revelation, chapter number 1, verse 5 and 6, the Bible talks about the fact that through the blood of Christ Jesus and the lamb that was sacrificed, we have been made priests and kings unto our God. Is that in, is that in scripture? Please, what I said, is it in scripture? That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. Maybe, maybe we are not sure. So we will have to read. read. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter number one. Revelation chapter number one. Verse five and six. Revelation chapter one. Verse five and six. Are we there? I need you to be there. That's why I said get your Bible, get your paper and all of that. Book and all of that. I need you to be there. Please, are you there? Sure. Uh, Revelation 1, 5, even 6, it says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, verse 6, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. Are you seeing it? Yes. So it means that our redemption was not just an act of cleansing, but it was also an act of coronation. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you hear what I said? Yes, please. Yeah. Our redemption wasn't just an act of cleansing, but also one of coronation. Because he says, since he has washed us from our sins in his blood and had made us kings and priests unto God and his father. 
So, which means anyone who comes into Christ is a king and a priest. Is that true? Yes, please. True. Good. So, if you are a king and priest, then the issue is what Solomon wrote in Proverbs 25, verse 2, we must see it manifest in your life because Solomon said, it is the weight of God to hide a thing, but it is the weight of kings to search out a matter. So the question is, why are you a king, yet you lack the ability to search out the matters of God? The question is, where are those matters of God? And that is what sends us to Psalm 107. Talks about the fact that the matters of God, which is the works of God and his wonders, they are in the deep. Hallelujah. Amen. Where are they? They are in the the deep. They are in the deep. That is where those matters are. Which means now this simple man. Let's do a little bit of scriptural mathematics, okay? Can we do that? Yes, can. Let, let's do a little bit of scripture mathematics. Okay. Now, watch this. Let's start from Revelation 1, verse 5 and 6. He says, you have been washed. You have been made a priest and a king. Is that correct? Yes. Correct. Okay. Proverbs 25, 2 says, who are those who search out the matters of God? Who are those people? Kings. They are the kings. Am I correct? All right. Yes. And their ability to search the matters out determines their glory or their honor or their weight. Is that true? That's true. So if Psalm 107, if Psalm 107 is talking about people who go into uh, the deep, okay, because it is in that deep that they see the works and the wonders of God, then who was he referring to? He was referring to the kings. Yes. Am I correct? It's correct. So if you are a king and you lack the ability to go into the deep, then I doubt the sort of king you are. Then I can question whether you are truly a king or you are a slave. Hallelujah. Man, am I making sense? Yes, please. The, the, there is no need for us to rush. You must know these things. You must know these things. I am I'm quite, should I say, I'm quite limited because of the topic. Probably you could have ventured into so many ways. So that by the time that I finish, you will be fighting in your in your mind. You'll be asking yourself the question all these years, what have I been doing as a believer? All these years, what have I been doing as a son of God? As one brought into the household of faith, all this while, what was I doing? I don't have the, the, the leeway at this point in time to go into those areas. But at least with this one, I want to find out from you. And I want you to begin to quiz your own self and find out, mm-hmm. am I truly operating as a king? Because it is the kings who prove their wit by virtue of their ability to search out the matters of God. 
And I hear people talking about the fact that the thing that are revealed, uh, it says, the thing that are revealed are for man, but the thing that are hidden, they are for God. We quote wrong scriptures to defend wrong things. Hallelujah. Amen. And I know people quote that scripture. I know you know that scripture in the Bible, or is not it? Yes, yes. There's that scripture in the Bible. Let's go to Deuteronomy 29, 29. <laughs> So many scriptures. It is good for our health. You know, be so. Maybe so. Yeah, so. No. Uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29. We quote this scripture as a justification to the fact that we cannot press into God. This is the scripture we quote. Deuteronomy 29, 29. And bear in mind, Deuteronomy 20, Deuteronomy actually is a book written by Moses, right? Right. Okay. So Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong unto the law. <laughs> Have you seen it there? Yes. Yeah. The secret things belong unto the Lord. But those things which are revealed belong unto us. And that is where we end. Is that not it? Yes. That's it. If you read the scripture and you read some Proverbs 25 2, if you are not careful, you might think it is contradictory. Because Rome, uh, Proverbs 25 2 says, the wit or the glory of God is to hide a matter. Okay? And the glory of kings is to search out the matter. So it means Solomon is telling us that we have the ability to search out the hidden matters of God. Is that not it? But here, Moses is saying the secret things of the Lord belong unto the Lord, but those things which are revealed. So if those things which are revealed, then it means that we don't even have the, the leeway of pressing to God to trying to find it out. It means it is God who reveals, and what he chooses is what he reveals. Am I making sense? That's true. And if you look at these two scriptures, they are contradictory. <coughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But if we look at the scriptures in the right context, they are not. Watch what Moses said. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. Watch the next statement. That we may do all the words of the law. So Moses was speaking in respect of the law. Remember, the Old Testament as we have it. Please follow me carefully here. The Old Testament as we have it is not the law. You know that. The law is a component of the Old Testament. I don't know if I'm making sense. The law is a component of the Old Testament. We also have the prophets. Okay. Moses here specifically was talking about the law as it was revealed to him to be given unto the children of Israel as they lived their life in the land of Canaan. So he was telling them that these are the things the Lord has revealed unto us so that we will live by the law. Am I making sense? Yes. Good. So you realize that at the end of the day, we see writings like the writings of Paul the Apostle. 
which begins to reveal things to us which their own folks probably lived but didn't understand. Or they had a shadow of which they didn't understand. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you with me here? Because there is more more in God that we have to press into. And we should not allow any man, we should not allow anybody to rob us of that divine heritage. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think today, I, I think today I have the leeway to teach. So please permit me, okay? I hope you are not angry. I can teach, right? Yes, please. They are going deeper. Good. <laughs> so, so the secret things are the Lord's. And what he has revealed. So watch what Moses says. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. That we, we, we may do all the works of the law. Speaking in respect of the law. Because Moses at this very point in time was writing to them. He was not going to Canaan. And after Moses came so many prophets. Am I correct? Correct. Who revealed the intents of God? They revealed prophets like Isaiah and all of that. They revealed the intents of God, which weren't captured by Moses. Am I making sense? Yes, please. They revealed the intents of God, which wasn't captured by Moses. So if you are to live by the words of Moses, then probably we should ignore the words of Isaiah the prophet, Jeremiah the prophet, Ezekiel the prophet, Haggai, Habakkuk, Joel. And all these, we should ignore them. But that is not what Moses was saying. He was speaking in respect of what God has revealed to the children of Israel as the law. Because he knew that was not the totality of it. And God pressed in by making known his secrets, even to the ends of the earth, to people that he raised in his season. And people like Paul, the apostle, even in the new covenant, had to come in to reveal unto us certain mysteries that God wanted us to live by. And also sometimes to reiterate some of the things God has already said in the Old Testament. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I want to set the thing right so that you don't get confused that the secret things belong to God and the things that are revealed belong to us. No, no, no. He was speaking in respect of the law. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I'm going to I'm going to make it clearer. I'm going to make it clearer. So just follow me. So in Proverbs 25, 2, it says, God's weight, what proves the weight of God is to hide a thing. But what proves the weight of a king is to search it out. And we have been made kings and priests. I pray that from today you begin to search out the deep things and secrets of God. Amen. Amen. Is coming to the place of the deep. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now watch this. In the book of Hebrews chapter number one, okay? In the book of Hebrews chapter number one, verse three, scripture talks about the fact that Jesus is the express image of the Father. Is that in the Bible? That's right. Yes. Are you sure? Yes, please. He's the express image of the Father. Are you sure it is in the Bible? 
Oh, you are not sure. Very sure. Yes, so. Sometimes when I'm preaching and I ask questions like that, people think I'm giving them a trick question. <laughs> but are you sure it is in the Bible? Yes. yes. Bible. Okay. So this same Jesus, who is the express image of the Father, Paul the Apostle wrote in the book of Colossians, chapter number two, verse nine, and made a certain, a certain fascinating statement. He said. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of God bodily. Is that also in scripture? Yes. For in him, who is the him? Christ. In Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hmm. Put that one in mind though. Put that one in mind. <laughs> Romans 8, 29. Popular scripture. Popular scripture. Romans 8, 29. A lot of scriptures. It is good. Romans 8, 29 says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed. Watch this one. To be conformed to the image of his son. Have you seen that? Ah. So it means God's ultimate goal is to have men as Christ. Is that correct? All right. God's ultimate goal is that them that he did foreknow, them that he predestined, them that he foreknew, okay, these people would be conformed to the image of his son. Which son? Christ. Am I correct? And true. And who is this Christ? He is the one in whom the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily. Am I correct? Yes. And he was the one who knew the mind of God. Is that so not, is that, is that so, sorry, is that also true? That's true. Sure it is. So we see Jesus walking the face of the earth and at every point in time, he knew the mind of God. No wonder in his ministrations, he will say something like, I can do nothing of my own, but what I see the Father do, so do I. What I hear the Father say, so see I. Am I correct? Which means he had the ability to search out into the deep of God and to pick out his intent at every point in time. In other words, he operated as a king who had the ability to search out the matters of God. Hallelujah. He operated as a man who dwelt in the pavilion of God's workings. No wonder in the book of John chapter number 3, he, he said that 
I am the son of man who is in heaven and on earth. Have you ever come across that scripture? Hello? Hello. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Have you come across that scripture before? Not familiar. Not familiar. Mm. Let's look at John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Are you there? I want you to see it for yourself, okay? Almost. I want you to see it for yourself. Are you there? Yes, John chapter 3. John 3, John 3, 13. John 3, 13. And he was speaking to Nicodemus here. He was speaking to Nicodemus here. John 3, 13, he says. In fact, let's start from... <laughs> Jesus is an interesting person. Let's start from verse 12. He says, If I have told you earthly things and ye believe not how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things verse 13 and no man hath ascended up to heaven but he that came down from heaven even the son of man which is in heaven now, who was speaking here? Mm. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Jesus was the one speaking here. Yes. And he is telling Nicodemus who he can see clearly. That Nicodemus, nobody has ascended to heaven. Watch it. Watch the statement carefully. And no man had ascended to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. In other words, Jesus was telling Nicodemus that I have ascended to heaven. Please take your time. Look at the text well. Look at the text well. I take it again. And no man had ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. What does it mean? Hello? Hello. Are you together? Yeah, together. Good. So let me take it again. Mm. Now, if I tell you, if I tell you something like this, no one has been to my room, okay, mm. but my daughter, who came from my room. What does it mean? It means my daughter has been to my room. Mm-hmm. Right. Am I correct? That's correct. Please, am I correct? That's yes, correct. Please. So listen to what Jesus said. And no man had ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. What does it mean? So Jesus is telling Nicodemus that I have ascended to heaven. But wait, wait. When did Jesus ascend to heaven? Hallelujah. Jesus ascended to heaven. I like like the way the platform is quiet. Yeah. 
<laughs> when did Jesus ascend to heaven? Talk to me now. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm asking a question. When did Jesus ascend to heaven? According to our Bible knowledge, when did Jesus ascend to heaven? After his death and resurrection. Good. After his death and resurrection. Thank you so much. But look at this scripture. John chapter number 3, Jesus was on earth. He was speaking to Nicodemus. And he tells Nicodemus, and no man had ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. So does it mean when Jesus was here bodily, he was ascending and descending? Yes. So speaking to Nicodemus, Come again, please. As you are speaking to Nicodemus. Good. Now, he was here. so he was here speaking to Nicodemus, but he is giving us another reality that his bodily presence is here, yet there is a spiritual presence registered in the very presence of the Father from whence he communicates. Hallelujah. Amen. And that is an example of a man who is in Christ. What did Paul the Apostle tell you? Paul the Apostle told you in the book of Ephesians chapter number 2, verse 7, talking about the fact that we died with him, we resurrected with him. In fact, we died with him, we were buried with him, we resurrected with him, we ascended with him, and right now, he says, we are seated together with him at the right hand of God on high. Is in your is in your scripture? Then, which means you have a bodily presence here on earth. However, there is a spiritual presence of you registered up in the heavens, and it is from that spiritual perspective that you should be able to gain sight into the deeps of God and begin to translate those deeps into the earth, that you might become a sign and a wonder. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Did that one fly with you? Yes. Yes. You got it, I believe. You got it. So Jesus, who is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, he is the one that we are supposed to be conformed to. The man who was just tapping into the knowledge of God and releasing he was just tapping into the... He said that I can do nothing of my own. He said, my words are... Have you ever come across the scripture where Jesus said, my words are not my own? Sure. Are not my own. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you come across that scripture? Yes, please. Where he talks about the fact that my words are not my own. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, the words he speak emanated not from himself. He was lost. This is a guy who was lost in the deep of God. He was lost. The question is, are we lost in the deep of God? Or we are fully conscious of ourselves in God's deep? 
are we lost or we are fully conscious of ourselves in God's deep? That is the pavilion. That is the pavilion. The pavilion. The pavilion. The pavilion of God. Hallelujah. And you know very well that you and I are now being called to a place where there is nothing else for us to hold on to except we tarry in the deep of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you together? Yes. That is what you and I must be willing to press into. The deep, going deeper with God. Now, 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 let me touch on this very important part. You remember very well that I quoted the book of Proverbs 25 to talking about a king searching out the matter of God. Right? Yes, sir. Proverbs 25 2. The glory of God. Please don't forget the word glory there. I don't know how you interpret glory. Some people interpret glory like the clouds. And um, I saw a cloud and um, it covered me. The glory, glory, glory. Maybe another time you have to talk about the glory of God. But the word glory there is talking about. As I said, the weight of God. And the word honor there is the same word kabut, which means the weight of a king. So a king has weight. And the king proves his weight by searching out what God has hidden. So it's like you and God are on a hide and seek. Did you get what I just said? Sure. You and God are like on a hide and seek. He hides it to prove your weight by you searching it. So when God sees that you are not searching it, he knows that this, my son, this, my daughter has no weight. And you don't get weary or tired searching. For many believers, we get weary and tired quickly. Hallelujah. Amen. We get weary and tired quickly. I remember, for for example, myself, I remember an encounter I had in 2014. Yeah. 2014. I began to take God seriously. I began to take God seriously in 2010. All my life, I had been a church boy. By the grace of God, I never drank, I never smoked, I never did womanizing. I was a church boy, but I was not serious. I would say I was the bookish type. Yeah, they didn't say my book, you be Okay. In 2010, I became serious with God. And it was because I had gone for a meeting. On campus, University School of Prayer. And at the School of Prayer, I've never been to a program like that before. And at the School of Prayer, Apostle George Wilfred Atta came. That was the first time I had seen the man, young man. And I saw this man explaining Bible. And I was like, is it the same Bible we all read? 
Or he has an additional Bible that God intentionally gave him. My God. Then I told myself that mm, 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 there is something this man carries and there is something he's revealing from the scripture. And that is what sets me on the track to try my possible best to find God. So I started studying scripture, like I was saying, not going for lectures and all of that. So from second year to final year, dear, there were even times I missed mid-semester. And I had to defend myself from trailing only from, uh, how do you call it, 70% in exam. All because I was willing to just chew the Bible like something. The way the man was doing it, and I was like, no, this thing is amazing. So I decided to give myself to it. 2010, my first encounter was 2014. Now watch, 2010 to 2014. You and I know that if you are not careful, you give up. Four years. Four years before you see something by the grace of God on campus, God was using us and all of that power of God here and there. But I'm talking about an encounter. Four years. You press and press and press. So in searching out God, I need to be very careful here because for many people in our quest to search for God, we have had encounters with strange spirits. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. Yes. In our quest to search for God, we've rather encountered strange spirits. That is why there are people who can decide to go deep into God and maybe will give themselves to fasting and prayer. And by the time they come out, it's more or less like a high fever. Okay. It's more or less like madness. I don't know if you have seen such people before. Or you have heard stories of such people. You would realize that they decide to go in deeper for God, but they come out a mess. Praise God. Hallelujah. It is all because they neglect the navigator of the deep. Hallelujah. Amen. I said they what? They neglect the navigator of the deep. You see, to go on a sound and a safe, deeper experience with God, you cannot ignore the navigator. Hello? Uh, because you are not the one leading the expedition. You see, going deeper with God is like going on a journey with God. And it more or less like you don't know how the, the road is like. You don't know the path to learning God. And there must be a navigator. Hallelujah. So you must get yourself accustomed to the ways of the navigator. Um, I think um, somewhere 7th March, by the grace of God, I had the opportunity to go and minister somewhere. And I was telling the people that 
there were a lot of people eh? the truth is they are anointed okay and when they are ministering there are a whole lot of spiritual activities going on but they are not able to identify it did you hear what i said yes when they are ministering there are a lot of spiritual experiences going on but their inability to discern those spiritual experiences it makes them look dry not because they are dry but they are uneducated in knowing the ways of the navigator which will bring them to the place of preeminence did you get what i said that is why that is why someone can minister okay and maybe give out the microphone to another person then the person will capitalize upon the atmosphere and begin to move in the realm of the spirit the difference between the two people could be the reason why i'm saying could be because sometimes they are limited by time and other things but it could be and i've realized with so many people that they lack the ability or to know the signals of the navigator in order to follow for god's power to move in the meeting praise god hallelujah i don't know if i'm making sense yes. I yes, hope it's not complex no no, is no. It, i'm trying to make the thing in the form of like a discussion a talk so i won't come and talk a lot into your ears and you gain nothing no that's why i'm trying to make it in a form of a discussion i don't know if i'm making sense Yes, you are. You are. Good. So, we must not neglect the place of the navigator. And I was looking at them and I was telling them, there are a lot of people sitting down here. You are anointed. Maybe you got the opportunity to come and say something to the church and whilst you were saying it, there was an impression of the navigator on you, but you lacked the ability to understand that impression. You ignored the impression and God could act. So your inability to discern the impression denied God of an act which probably he wanted to manifest in that very meeting. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why we need to be able to go into the deep. But in going into the deep, you must know the navigator. But the question is, who is this navigator that I'm talking about? Obviously, you should know the navigator. I'm talking about First Corinthians chapter number 2. First Corinthians 2. First Corinthians chapter number 2. Doc, you handed over to me at 12, eh? Yes, sir. And it's now 2. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. The, the, the word is good for your spirit, you know? Yes, it's, it's, it's healing. <laughs> the word is good for your spirit. Are you there? First Corinthians chapter number 2. Yes, please. Look at, you're starting from verse 9. This is a popular scripture we quote, but I, today I need you to take your time. I remember I took my time with my wife to explain this scripture to her. I want you to take your time with me. Let's go through this scripture. Verse 
by verse. Are you ready? Yes. He says, but as it is written, but as it is written. Okay, so the question is, what is written? Hello? Hello. What is written? It says, but as it is written. So I'm trying to find out what is written. The words that you put. Please feel free. Yeah, I'm seeing Lady Vera, you want to say something? Please go ahead. Yes, I was saying that said but at is written, right? So yeah. with my own idea, I'm saying the words that will follow what has just been said. Okay. So those words that are being written there, right? Oh. But when he tells you it is written, then it means he's quoting from somewhere. Yes. Is that true? Sure. Good. So, as it is written, I had not seen. Uh, help me read. A year had mm. neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. Mm. So, if you look at this scripture carefully, we are looking at is it, for many believers, when you read this scripture, it is this part that is so, should I say, it is so soothing to us. And um, we read this part of the scripture and we are gallivanting all over the place. And we do not take our time. Please, can you hear me? We can hear you. We do not take our time to imbibe what is written there. Now, he was quoting from Isaiah. Paul here was quoting from the book of Isaiah 64, okay? But as it is written, I had not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things. Please, that's, that's the most important thing. The things which God seen or hear hear head sorry or what has entered into the hallelujah amen can you hear me we can hear you now good so I was saying that when Paul was talking about I had not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man, he was talking in respect of things. Am I, do you think I'm correct on that? Yes. And it is from that perspective 
that I want us to look at what I'm talking about. Because he was saying that your eye has not seen, your ear has not heard, neither has it entered into your heart. What has entered into your heart? He says, the things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The things. Or oh, that's not what you see there. That's the word. The things, right? Right. Which means Paul's focus here was not necessarily about eye not seeing, ear not hearing, nor the heart perceiving. His focus here was about the things that God has prepared. Am I correct on that? All right. Okay. But God had revealed them. What is the them referring to? The things. The things. So those things that God had prepared, which I have not seen, which ear has not heard, which has not entered into the heart of man, those things, God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Have you seen it? Hallelujah. Amen. So Paul is speaking in respect of the revealing of some hidden things by God for us. Is that correct? Hallelujah. Amen. I hope it's not complex. I hope it is not complex. It is very straight to the point. But God had revealed those things unto us by his spirit. So now, please, let's watch something here. What Paul is saying is that those things that are not perceptible by the heart of man, okay? Those things that are not loud for the hearing of man, and those things that are not visible to the sight of man, they are things that God has revealed via the agency of his spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can you hear me now? Yes, please, we can hear you. God has revealed them via the agency of his spirit. Which means these things which are not clear to the eye, which the ear has not heard, which the heart cannot perceive. It means they are hidden things. Am I correct on that? That's right. And if they are hidden things, how did God bring to light those hidden things for us? He brought it via the agency of his spirit. Please, is that correct? That's correct. Which means that God has designed his spirit to be the navigator Mm. of the believer into the place of the hidden things. Praise God. Hallelujah. So in trying to search out anything to gain weight in God, you cannot neglect the navigator who is the spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Verse 10. But God had revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. Yea, even the deep things of God. God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Which means that all that a man needs in trying to search the deep things of God is the Spirit of God. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. So by the grace of God, Doc is now inspired to bring to us a message on going deeper with God. And scripture is telling us the modus operandi of going deeper with God. Am I correct on that? That's true. So first Corinthians chapter number two is telling you the mode. Because I can tell you I'm going deeper in God and I can be assisted by strange spirit and I will come out as a madman. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And we know is it we know cases like that. I don't know, maybe if you have not had one of those cases, but we know cases like that. Mm. That people enter maybe into long fastings and, and come out messed up. So please, if you would want to take the decision of going deeper with God, you must first of all begin to appreciate the rule of the navigator. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It is more or less like speaking to a king. You know in the African setting, or let me say the Ghanaian setting, in speaking to a king in the palace, it goes through the linguist. Is that true? That's true. It goes through the linguist. And when the king wants to speak to you, he speaks through the linguist. And that is exactly what God does. In God trying to speak to man, it is via the agency or the assistance of the spirit. It is the assistance of the spirit that helps a man to even hear the voice of God. And tell you, the spirit told me. But who is the source? The source is God. Because the spirit searches the deep things of God and reveals it unto us. So if you are going into the deep where the works and the wonders of God are, we are it means we are sorry, it means we are descending into a spot where the spirit of God must gain preeminence in order to expose us to the very works of God without us stumbling on works that are demonic in nature and at the end of the day defeat the purpose for which we decided to go deeper with God. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I say this to bring us to this very point. That in learning God, I wrote something on my status concerning this program. I said, we will learn God with God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We will learn God with God. In other words, we will get to know God via the agency of the Spirit, who is also God. Because we cannot know God outside of the Spirit or His Son. 
because the spirit reveals the son to us and the son becomes the portraits of God which he wants to minister to man. So we must first of all know the ways of the navigator. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are we together? Yes, we are. We must know the ways of the Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. What's something with me? In the book of Ecclesiastes, in the book of Ecclesiastes, if you want to go deeper, we must go with the navigator. Hallelujah. Amen. And we will the navigator, the spirit, because he searches the deep things of God. But watch Ecclesiastes 11. I'm reading from verse 5. It says, As thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of hair that is with child, even so, watch the next statement, thou knowest not the works of God who make it all. No. <laughs> this is a very fascinating scripture. This is a very fascinating scripture. As I was talking, the, the scripture just dropped. As I was talking, the scripture just dropped. So if you watch, I hesitated a little before I quoted the scripture. Are we together? Yes, we are. It says, as thou knowest not what is the way of this. It means there is something called the way of the spirit. Am I correct on that? Yes, please. Because the writer of Ecclesiastes, which I think we believe is Solomon, is saying, as thou knowest not, he's speaking to a people, as thou knowest not the way of the spirit. It means a man can know the way of the spirit. But these people he's speaking to is about those who know not the way of the spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit. Nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so, thou knowest not the works of God who make it all. So if you are listening carefully to me, you will realize that he is connecting the ways of the spirit to the works of God. Am I correct? That's correct. Because in, remember, in Psalms 107, verse 20, Psalm 107, verse 23 to 24, he talks about the fact that there are those who go to the sea in ships, who do ministry or business with God in deep waters. These people, they see the works of God. Is that not it? So he's saying the works of God are in the deep. 
However, the writer of Ecclesiastes is telling us that as thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, even as you do not know the way of the spirit, even so thou knowest not the works of God who make it all. Which means the opposite is true. What do, you, do I mean by the opposite is true? If you look at the statement I just read in Ecclesiastes 11.5, it is the negative aspect. It says, as thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, even so thou knowest not. So the positive way, as thou know the way of the spirit, even so thou will know the works of God. I don't know if I'm making sense on that. That's, that's true. Hallelujah. Amen. So he's telling you that a man who doesn't know the ways of the spirit, that same man will not know the works of God. So the opposite is a man who knows the ways of the spirit will know the works of God. Are we together on that? Yes, please. Yeah. So, if we say we are going deeper with God and we want to be kings who have weights with God, we want to be people who are dwellers of the pavilion of God's activity, we should be people who, first of all, must know the ways of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you walk with the Spirit for a long time, you begin to know His ways. You begin to know His communications. You begin to know His impressions. You begin to know His terrains and movements. Hallelujah. Amen. We call them Spirit impressions or Spirit movements. Or spirit speeches. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And you know, someone can speak, a man can speak to you without talking. Is that true? That's true. A man can speak to you without talking. That is why as children, even as we grew up, maybe there is something someone can tell you without opening the mouth. And you know what the person means. Is that not it? That's true. You can look at somebody and the person smiles. It means the person is happy with you. It is a communication. Right? That's right. But if you do not understand that communication, you might not see the value of it. Someone might be smiling at you and you might be frowning. Not because it's because you probably do not know that communication. If you don't have any problem with a person, it means you probably do not know that communication. So we have speeches without sound. And in working with the Spirit of God and in knowing the ways of the Spirit, we must be able to work with the Spirit in a way that we get access to the understanding of Spirit impressions. Spirit speeches. He can speak. You hear an audible voice. But there are times he moves by movement or he acts by movement. These are the ways of the spirit. And when we master those things, it is easy for us to walk in the works of God. Praise the Lord. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, dog by the impressions of the spirit 
is calling us to the place of understanding the ways of the spirit. You see, the topic itself is about going deeper with God. Okay. The topic is about going deeper with God. But the issue is when you go deeper with God, what is the relevance? David told us in the book of Psalm that the relevance is that we come to the place of the works and the wonders of God. Is that not it? That's right. And Solomon, his son, Solomon, his son also is writing and telling us that when a man knows the ways of the spirit, the man knows the works of God. Which means in the pavilion of God's presence, which is the place of the deep, what is preeminent to expose a man to the works of God is the ways of the spirit. Please, am I clear on that? Yes, please. So you can be in Christ and you can fast for years. If you do not master, you can fast and pray for years. We are people who are praying machines. They can pray. They can study the word. They are holy people. Okay? They can fast. But they have not mastered the act of the ways of the spirit. So they cannot read the temperature in the room. They cannot read the movement and the stirrings of the spirit. And it looks as if they cannot flow in the works of God. No, it is because they have not mastered the craft of the ways of the spirit. And I pray that as you listen to me, God, God will bring you to a place where he begins to teach you to master the movement and the ways of the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. If you are talking about going deeper with God, we need the navigator. But first of all, you must understand that since we do not know the pathway to the deep and the works of God. We must follow his lead. Mm. Hallelujah. And if we must follow his lead, then it means we are mastering his ways. And he's a human being, so he can have, he's a person, sorry, so he can have diverse ways of manifestations. And if a man is open to those realities, the man becomes a versatile being in the hand of God, a versatile tool in the hand of God. That is why there are certain men of God. You don't know whether they are prophets, whether they are teachers, whether they are evangelists. You cannot tell because it's more or less like the grace of God upon their life is so versatile that God is able to use them in diverse ways. Hallelujah. Amen. Today you see them prophesying. The next time you listen to them and they are typically teaching the word of God with precision. The next time you see them and they are dispensing the graces of an apostle. The next time you see them and they are dispensing the graces of an evangelist. They are pastoring like never before. They are healing the sick. They are raising the dead and all of that. It is not because God is biased. God has found a vessel who is willing to go the way of the spirit and allow the spirit to gain preeminence so that at the end of the day, they become useful tools in the hands of God. And I pray that you become one of such. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, there are people who just limit God so much. You see, when you go deeper with God, you become a vessel in the hand of God. Your prayer is that, God, I have nothing on my own to achieve. I have no dream. I have no goal. I have no objective but one. 
which is your mandate on the face of the earth. And when God gets a vessel like that, I believe that the heavens rejoice greatly because they know that they have received the full assurance of a man who is willing to go to whatever extent to achieve the mandate of God. So if God uses you on the north side, and it is going to work, he can use you there. If he uses you on the south, he can use you there. He has gotten a tool that is willing to accomplish his purpose in the face of the earth. These are men who are willing to walk the way of the spirit. And it is to those men that we see the works of God manifest. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Tonight, I believe that you just didn't join us for joining sake. But you joined us to learn what it means to go deeper with God. Hallelujah. Amen. The spirit of God, as I just said, is a navigator. And he has his way. I said he has his what? He has his way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, there is one popular scripture I want to read to you. <laughs> Did I even say popular scripture? Maybe it's not popular to some of us. Jeremiah 10, 23. Jeremiah 10, 23. It says, Oh Lord, I know that the way of man. Now, do you see that phrase? The way of man. The way of man. I repeat, the way of man. Please, are you following me? Are you with me? Yes, please. Jeremiah 10, 23. Oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. What I want to draw attention to is the phrase, the way of man. Man. Do you remember what you read in Ecclesiastes 11.5? It talks about what? The way of the spirit. Right? Yes, please. But he said, the man who does not know the way of the spirit, he will also not know the works of God. Is that not what we read? That's right. Good. So a man... As thou knowest not the way of the Spirit, even so, thou knowest not the works of God. That was what was written in Ecclesiastes 11.5. So, in knowing the way of the Spirit means you will know the way, the works of God. But who was he speaking about? He was speaking about man. Am I correct? Ecclesiastes 11. He was speaking about man. Um. Now, let me, let me, backtrack a little so that it will be clearer. I said, I'm not in a rush. I don't want to preach. I want to talk. Ecclesiastes 11 says, as thou knowest not the way of the spirit, who is the thou referring to? Man. Man. Am I correct? Man. Right. Good. 
So even if he was speaking to a particular person, he's talking to man. Is that correct? That's true. So as thou knowest not the way of the spirit, even so thou knowest not, thou will know not the works of God. In other words, as you man, you know not the way of the spirit. In that same manner, you man, you will not know the works of God. Is that correct? That's true. But this man that the writer of Ecclesiastes is calling unto knowing the way of the Spirit so that he will know the works of God. That man himself has a way. Hallelujah. Amen. So he says, Oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. Which means that there is something God has designed God has designed called the way of man. Hallelujah. Amen. There is something that God has designed called the way of man. And Jeremiah is saying that God, the way of man is not in himself. So please watch this carefully. It means that God has designed something called the way of man. But that way of man is not in man himself. I don't know if it is clear. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. For example, for example, it's like this, a television, okay? It's like this, a television. You know very well that a television is supposed to display pictures. Right. Okay? Those attributes are in the television. Am I right on that? That's true. But the action, okay, but the action to activate those realities of the television are not in the television. They are in something called a remote. Are we together here? Yes, please. So when the remote is worked with, then it gives the television that expression. Are we together? Yes, please. Yeah. So the display of the television has been fashioned in the television how it's supposed to function. But until a certain action takes place, that expression cannot be gained. Am I correct on that? Yes, please. So he's saying the way of man is not in himself, which means God has designed something called the way of man, which man must follow. But that way of man, which man must follow, it is not in man himself. In other words, man is not the source of that way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the way of man, which man must follow, must be in agreement with the way of the spirit in order for man to gain his full potential by knowing the works of God and dispensing those works. I hope it is not too, not too difficult for us to understand. Yeah, grasping it. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So you listening to me, this is just a brother of yours, a brother of yours talking to you right now. 
and letting you know very well that there is more to God that you and I are called to. You cannot press deeper with God if you don't know the spirit and his ways. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That is why the provision of the spirit to the new covenant man is very imperative. The provision of the spirit to the new covenant man is very, very imperative that we should not take it lightly at all. That God would expose us to the way of the spirit. One of the major things you pray tonight is not about getting the spirit, but is about knowing the ways of the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Because many believers, for believers, we have the spirit. We have the spirit, but we don't know the ways of the spirit. When the spirit says yes, we can't tell. When the spirit says no, we can't tell. When the spirit says move, we don't hear. When the spirit says sit down, we can't hear. So many times we are doing things contrary to the moves of the spirit. And we are not in unison with him. Hallelujah. Amen. That is the major problem of many believers. Because there are a lot of believers, they genuinely love God. They speak in tongues as a sign that the Holy Ghost is in them. But apart from that one, they cannot discern the moves of the Spirit apart from speaking in tongues. Mm. And that is a sign of our shallowness. Hallelujah. I said that is a sign of our what? Shallowness. How shallow we are. That is the story. Your inability to tell the ways of the spirit is a sign of our shallowness. It means we have not gone deep enough. And in going deep, first of all, we go deep to know the spirit and his ways. In knowing the spirit and his ways, you are knowing the father himself. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you realized that in the book of Ephesians chapter number 1 verse 17 downwards, Paul the Apostle prayed a prayer. Now watch very carefully. Paul the Apostle was speaking to the Ephesian church. He was speaking to the Ephesian church. Please bear this in mind though. He was speaking to the Ephesian church. Which means this Ephesian church, they had the Holy Spirit in them. Hallelujah. Amen. If they were believers, then it means the spirit was indwelling them. Am I correct on that? That's true. If they were believers, the spirit was indwelling them. However, Paul the apostle said, I pray that God will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Is that in your scripture? That's true. Paul at this point was praying a prayer for them, okay, to initiate the people into a realm 
of revelation and wisdom, which is a way of the spirit. You see, any man who has the spirit must be able to open up the sevenfold channels of the spirit, which are signs and tokens and patterns of his ways. I repeat, any man who has the spirit must be able to open up the seven channels and the pathways of the spirit, okay, which are his ways, which must be demonstrated by the believer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And Paul the Apostle was praying for the Ephesians saying, I pray that God will grant unto you the spirit of revelation and wisdom. That is why sometimes you see somebody operating and you look at the person and you say, ah, this person is very wise. Why are you saying the person is very wise? Because you saw a way and a manner of doing things. Am I correct on that? Right. You right. saw a way and a manner of doing things and said, no, this person carries wisdom. But bear in mind, the wisdom that the person is carrying, if the person is in Christ, it is a wisdom of the spirit, which is demonstrating the way of the spirit. So the man is actually giving an expression to the way of the spirit. You, When you see a man lay hands on another man and the person gets healed, it is a man demonstrating the way of the spirit, which is the way of power. And that is what was resting upon Jesus, which Isaiah the prophet prophesied in Isaiah chapter number 11, talking about the seven spirits of God dwelling upon him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. These were ways of spirit demonstrations. These were ways of the spirit in operation upon the man. So when we say we are going deeper with God, it is actually getting to know well the spirit and his ways. Because when we get to know well the spirit and his wills, he brings us the exposure of God's works and God's workings and work wonders. Sorry. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe for two hours and about 40 minutes, we have been listening to the word of God. And I believe it has helped. I wish I could press further. Hallelujah. Amen. But I know we are closing at three. Am I correct, Doc? Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. I know we are closing at three. So we have some minus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, glory to Jesus. Amen. But thank God that there are people still on the page. God bless you. Yes. God bless God you. Bless you so much. God bless you for being here. It has been a tiring moment, but still people are here. The weekend, I know it is not easy, but people are still here. God mightily bless you for being we have here. More people logged on to YouTube. Wow. God mightily bless you so much. And I don't know if they are being blessed by the word. Yes, the comments, the comments are more there than on, on Zoom. Wow. We thank God. We thank God. We thank you for standing with us. Thank you so much for standing with us. It is indeed um, encouraging so that we know that at least we are also contributing a quota to the building of the people of God.
it's an opportunity. We do not, um, uh, should I say, we do not boast ourselves and think we have anything more to offer than any other person, but we take it as an opportunity to serve the people of God and we say, God mightily bless you for staying online. Hallelujah. Amen. But I don't know if I can go further on the teaching or I can, um, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. We see how best. Because I'm just looking at the time and I know I'm limited. 19 minutes more. 19 minutes more. But as I was saying, we must get used to the ways of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We must get used to the ways of the Spirit. Is it you read certain scriptures and it's interesting how we do not see the ways of the Spirit portrayed in those scriptures. Okay. For example, scripture talks about the fact that then Jesus was grieved in his spirit. Have you come up across that scripture before? Yes. No. And Jesus was grieved in his spirit. Okay. That was spirit communication. That was spirit communication. But for many of us, we cannot make that one out. I know people who are waiting to hear an audible voice from heaven speaking to them, mentioning their names before they know this is God speaking to me. They have not mastered the ways of their spirit. We should be able to sit down. Okay? We should be able to sit down and ask ourselves, God, teach us. I hope you heard what I said. God, teach us. us. Hallelujah. Amen. In the book of Luke, okay, I think in the book of Luke, the disciples came to Jesus and they asked him a question. Master, he says, teach us how to pray like John the Baptist taught his disciples. Is that not it? That's right. The people he recognized acknowledged that there is a deficiency. And what is that deficiency? They are deficiency in prayer. So they said, teach us how to pray. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then Paul the apostle in the book of Romans chapter 8 also concerning prayer, even after Jesus had departed, Speaking to the Roman church said, we do not know how to pray as we ought to. Okay. However, the Spirit makes intercession on our behalf with groanings that cannot be uttered. But the first part is what I love. He says, we do not know what to pray as we ought to. Which means 
Paul is bringing us a deeper understanding when it comes to prayer that prayer is not just prayer. Prayer must be prayed to meet the guidelines and the leadings of God. I remember when we were growing, we used to hear our fathers tell us, I'm not talking about biological fathers, but spiritual fathers in the faith who have done great for the kingdom of God and its advancement, and we thank them for that. We could hear them say things like, we learn to pray by praying. I don't know if you've ever heard that statement before. Lads, learn to pray by praying. So if you want to learn to pray, pray. And then it, it sounded good in our ears. We, we, we lived with it. But then, Romans 8 is telling you, we do not know what to pray as we ought to. So it means we cannot just pray by praying. Hallelujah. We must know by the Spirit what we ought to pray. If it was not relevant to pray what must be prayed, Paul the Apostle would not have written that we know not what we ought to pray as we ought to. So a mark must be reached in prayer. And it is only possible via the assistance of the Spirit. So equally, like the disciples asked Jesus, Master, teach us to pray. So can we ask the Spirit to teach us to pray. Hallelujah. Amen. So for many of us, we go to God in prayer with our already laid down or listed items which we want to pray about and there is nothing wrong with that however in going with that list you must be receptive enough to hear god tell you continue that prayer or put it aside and do something else that is what it means going deeper with god Hallelujah. And he tells you, pray this prayer. He can instruct you, speak in tongues. Don't talk. When you know the ways of the Spirit, you will realize that he gives instruction. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you know the ways of the Spirit, you realize that he speaks or he gives instruction. Many of us are not used to instruction. We think instruction is only given by bossy people. No, that is not the case. Of course, we are people who are bossy in nature and they just want to give instruction and all that. But you are dealing with God. He knows more than you do. And when he gives you an instruction, sometimes you might not understand. And it has happened to me severally. He gives an instruction, you don't understand, but you must obey. And by the time you obey, you realize the relevance of the instruction he gave. Hallelujah. Amen. I pray that God will just bring us to the place where he can teach us to pray. He can teach us his ways. The way of the spirit. The way of the spirit. The way of the spirit. Remember, he is the one who reveals things in the deep. 
He's the one who reveals the works of God, the way of the Spirit. I just want you to begin to lift your voice. It is almost three. It is almost three. I just want you to begin to lift your voice to pray. And just you, you are just talking in tongues. Just just talking tongues. Just talk, in talk like you are talking to God. Talk like you are talking to God. Palva talvetila. Ikosha <laughs> 
Ayabadan, 
Ma 
Ale 
Ilamana <laughs> 
Italians, Ale Bede Brendo, Lua Tatale, Ale Balikatuni Falamanatile, Avava, Avava Kuaka, Ikababa Duatale, Ali Mambo, Ikumbre Pei, Eleven Fendi Pilida Gatalia, Kakrasa Dada Bradada, Ikoscheva Diva Dabada Patila Badada, Ila Badele Cotelini Dabala da Colomono Namoshe Dibala la Madalada, Ila Granda la Brandio Satalia. Grondo shete pala dadatia ivava vinini mikose dabalala batina makutu afambe ilelemo ulamnami inanakuwa kame kukunati suleli apa ilegregla suseteli lavatili asasa imbratetosani kopapada dadi hafafadatia idalavadadataya in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Eternal Father, we thank you. We thank you. Our gracious King, everlasting Father, we thank you. Father of all spirits, we thank you. Oh, Holy Spirit, we pray that you will teach us your ways. Amen. Teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. This is our desire. Teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. As a man knoweth not the ways of the Spirit, even so thou knowest not the works of God. Cease your word. We want to know the works of God. We want to go deeper with God. Teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. We are not only offering this prayer here, but continually it is our prayer and desire. Teach us your ways. That we might walk the way of God. That you might walk the way of God. Teach us your ways. Father, I pray for Dr. Rudolph and I declare that you place upon him Jesus. A grace of prayer. Amen. A grace for prayer. Amen. I pray that you release upon him a grace for prayer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And I speak concerning any lady. 
who is gaining a scholarship to study abroad, specifically China, I declare that all controversies be settled. Amen. In the name Amen. of Jesus. Jesus all controversies surrounding her going. It was a lady I saw. The lady is slim. The lady is slim. And she is quite fair. I pray in the name of Jesus that all the controversies be settled. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I declare that, Father, you will gain preeminence concerning her going, concerning her move, in the name of Jesus. Because I realized it was a contention, Mm. not letting her go, but she was insistent on going. Mm. I pray in the name of Jesus, every controversy, Father, may you settle Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let your mighty arm be lifted. Amen. Glorify yourself in this also. In the name of Jesus. And I speak concerning everybody on this platform and everyone who joined and everyone who chants upon this very message. We declare this meeting. We declare the Father, let it be a blessing to them. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And whatever you worked within us and you are about to work with us, Father, may it work in them and for them also. Jesus, man. In the name of Jesus. The set man of the house, I pray, oh God, Jesus. that you would awaken his ear to hear. Amen. 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 In the name of Jesus. Amen. In going deep, we ask that you teach us your ways. Jesus. That you may glorify yourself in this also. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You have graced us to pray. You have graced us to fellowship in the word. We are thankful. We are thankful. We are thankful. The bodies were weak. But the spirit Mm. was willing and you quickened Mm. us through it. Mm. We thank you. We are grateful. Father, I pray, oh God, that everybody who came upon this platform, even for this meeting, I pray that, Father, you speak to them. Speak to them. Speak with them. Speak for them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank you for even this opportunity to fellowship in your word and to fellowship in prayer. In the name of Jesus. 
Other has been spoken into the realm of the spirit via the agency of speaking in tongues. I know things are opening up. Amen. I know things are opening up. I perceived things opening up in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank you. Be glorified. Be glorified. Be glorified. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Amen and amen. God bless you so much. Tonight has been has been wonderful. Uh, like we imagined from the beginning, people people Damn. went off, came on and went off. But interestingly, we had over 50 people joining us on YouTube. And and it's been a blessing. The comment that came in the in the live chat session, people followed with us throughout. And even though there was there was a football match. We've stayed, we've, we've live streamed for close to six hours and we could go, we could go some more. This is, this, this has been God and man of God, God bless you so much for tonight's teaching. The, the audio is going to go on podcast. We're going to make sure that people get to listen to it again and again, because it is time for, for us to move into a deeper, a deeper level with God and to know the ways of the spirit. God bless you so much for availing yourself as always. We pray that God would continue to use you as a conduit for his blessing unto his people in the name of Jesus. God bless our participants on YouTube. Those who join us on YouTube who are still streaming on YouTube. God bless you so much. You can still leave a message in the comment section. But we've come to the end of the program. And I want you to continue to pray and study the word of God because we have to go into a deeper level with God. and. Take that, take opportunity to go back and replay the message on YouTube again and listen to what God spoke through the prayers and the study of his word and the teaching of his word and listen to it over and over again because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so give yourself time, even as you lie down, replay it with your, with your midnight bander. Replay the message as you, even as you sleep. And when you wake up, you can download this. When you wake up in the morning, you listen to it again and you pray along as you move because God is going to give you deeper revelations into his word as you continue to listen. God bless you all for, so much for joining us on Zoom. Those who join us on, um, live on YouTube, those who are going to listen on podcasts, God bless all of you for joining us. We are super proud of you and we appreciate you for being part of this program tonight. Have a very good night and may angels protect even as you go to sleep. God bless you all very much. Good night. Good night to you, sir.